and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Voice a little bit rough today. It's been a, it's been a long night, long day. Uh, I want to welcome every, each and every one of you to our program. Thanks so much for your belief and your trust in us as we lay bare the truth and the machinations of the evil ones, for sure. Um, <laughs> where do you start? Uh, for, I, I guess we'll start here. Um, I'm going to thank. Uh, well. I want to thank each and every one of our service members serving and retired. I want to thank um, you for your sacrifice for protecting our country. Also, I want to uh, make sure everyone knows this is not just about picnics and uh, this three-day weekend is not about picnics and just taking three days off at the beach. This this holiday weekend, Memorial Day, commemorates those who have fallen uh, while protecting our country, whether or not... It, and we we have discussions like this every Memorial Day weekend, or people say, "Well, you understand what war is." We we understand what war is, but the fact of the matter is, the men and women who are killed in the line of uh, duty uh, are still dead, and we thank them for the service, and we we pray for their families, and we understand the sacrifice that they've the sacrifices that they have made. So, take a moment this Memorial Day weekend, not just to contemplate what this weekend is about, but to make sure you tell others what this weekend is about, those who are simply uh, surfing at the beach or skateboarding down the walkway or, or whatever, this is a, a time to to uh, reflect and pray and give thanks mm-hmm. for sure, you know. So this holiday, um, like so many holidays, people really forget what the, the meanings uh, and the reasons for celebrating them are. Do you have your reason? No. Oh, okay, good. Uh, I'm I'm with you for this segment. All right. No no ears, no headphones. Right. But the uh, you know Memorial Day is to to remember in memory and in honor the as you said the soldiers and people who died to uh, bring us the the freedoms in this nation and like so many holidays this uh, in the time that we live in people use it just as an excuse to get an extra day off or to drink or you know to to do whatever without even considering why it is we celebrate this holiday and it is important to remember uh, as the the summer months we see uh, a number of holidays that honor our troops and the the men who have fallen and died for uh, the freedoms to be able to continue in this country and you know, you know that's a prayer sure. uh, to the families who who are who are left um, if there's any ever a time for a, a true memorial you know the uh, memorial day and july 4th are definitely two. You know, we see, uh, you know, the vigils and memorials from the Manchester attack. Um, then I don't know why I just brought that up, but, you know, seeing the, I saw an American flag at one of the, I was just looking at some pictures there. But, you know, we, we're still in, in a war. We're still in uh, a time of conflict. And I'm sure it's as no surprise to many, the Islamic State calls for all out war on West during holy month of Ramadan, which has started today. And Expect, we're, we're looking right. We're 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 in as much conflict uh, 
in this country and right now almost as any time in history. You know, there's not a, a world war declared, but, you know, we're not only in, in a, a combat war with, uh, you know, radicals and, and the Islamic State in this country, but they're, with they're the not radicals. They're just, well, I mean, for the media, for the, the okay, people in government. Right, right. They're, they're Muslims. They're, they're simple as that. They're Muslims. And, and go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, no. And, and to watch our yeah. terminology, I think. Well, yeah, the Muslims and, and then, you know, the, the political radicals. <laughs> It's a it's a, a battle that's intensifying and increasing, and it shows no signs of stopping. And without skipping a beat, uh, as many expected, uh, as Ramadan starts today, the Islamic State called for followers to launch all-out war on the West during the Muslim holy month of Ramadan, as they say here, which begins Saturday. Calls come after the deadliest Ramadan on record last year when more than 400 people were killed and 700 injured in terrorist attacks around the globe. And... Um, you know, will this this Ramadan 2017 uh, be a mirror or worse than last year? Many think it will be. And, and every year agree. we get, Joe, every year we get the uh, notices of from uh, their law enforcement uh, sensitive notices every year that we get them. And, of course, uh, much interest and focus is on Las Vegas this year, mm-hmm. uh, New York, specifically Times Square, Penn Station, many of the transportation hubs. Look, it's going to happen here. What happened in Manchester is going to happen here. It's just a matter of time. And yet these morons that, that want to, want to bring more Muslims into this country to, to distill, dilute, contaminate, and ultimately upend our, our, uh, moral, cultural heritage and, um, upset the, uh, the, the balance of life. These people, and we're going to have Randall Terry on at the bottom of the hour. These people don't want to assimilate. They want to, they want to conquer. That's their, that's our main goal. Before we, Joe, before we get into things, I just want to read a transcript of a partial, just the, just two or three sentences from the transcript from Hillary Rodham Clinton from oh, yeah. Wellesley. Go ahead, because there's uh, a, yeah, some he, interesting. He, here's, here's here. He, he, she had a coughing. Well, he, he, yeah, exactly. He, he, here, here's the first three sentences of her, of her speech. And I quote. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, lozenge. You know, that ammonia has lasted longer than the uh, Russian collusion investigation. Yeah, the uh, Hillary Clinton gave a commencement speech at a graduation in Wesleyan, which is her alma mater. And uh, there's some interesting sound bites that came out of that. She, she referenced Pizzagate. She uh, referenced Donald Trump. She had a, a coughing fit. She also said that it was hard not to lose control during the inauguration. And I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but driving uh, today on my way to work, there was a there was a bar by my house that has um, a sign with the changeable letters. And the on the on the billboard outside of the the bar, it said, "Congratulations, Hillary Clinton, for for getting back into the political uh, arena." And they were referring to her speech at Wesleyan, but it was a it was a congratulatory. Um, a message to her, which made no sense wow. to me. I wanted to go in. I wanted to take a picture and then go in and wow. ask the the owner what what that was about. But I figured uh, not today. But she uh, <laughs> not today. she made some comments about the inauguration and how she had a tough time attending Donald Trump's inauguration, saying she was still in the ritualistic process mode when she attended Trump's inauguration, and she had doubts of being able to make it through without visibly losing control. But again, she had a, a coughing fit, as my dad just pointed out. And you remember during the the uh, campaign, quote. she had many 
coughing fits at different rallies and speeches, as well as her her fainting and collapse at the 9-11 memorial, uh, walking back to her, her vehicle. And the media wanted to portray all this as, you know, conspiracy theories when people were talking about her health and her not being fit to serve and that something was wrong with her physically. And they would blame it on allergies and ammonia. Well, they haven't changed their tactics as this time they continued to blame. She blamed it on her allergies. But as I, as I said, when you were ending the coughing fit there, her allergies and pneumonia have lasted longer than the investigation, the fake investigation into Trump's Russia collusion, uh, narrative. And, you, you know, um, I mean, there's something, I mean, just many to be people clear, have speculated that she has some kind of chronic illness, but I wonder, I mean, that seems the, something's going on with well, her. Right. And just to be clear, I would not, to me, um, uh, Making fun of someone who has got an illness is not what I'm attempting to do. No. What what the what the issue here is the media's total lack of of uh, serious the seriousness or, or lack of of investigative journalism into really what's behind that. It, it's not making fun of her. It's making it's making light of the media and the total ignorance of the people. I think that, that that's really the story here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if she is ill, uh, certainly. You know, she's got my prayers, but but nonetheless, the the uh, reluctance of the media to cover the the sickness or whatever might be behind that. And yet, yeah, allergies come on. Um, no, no, there's something else going on there. So to be sure. Um, and during that speech, she also said that uh, Trump will be impeached. Yes, uh, yes. She, and folks, you can find the video. It's all over the place. Again, she referenced Pizzagate, and she says uh, what she said in the commencement address. She brought up the obstruction of justice and warned of the steps to authoritarianism. Also, saying that um, he's going to re- he's going to be taken out of office in disgrace after his impeachment for the obstruction of justice. To uh, the campus erupting in tears when she said it. So, uh, congratulations, all you you graduates at Wesleyan who, who cheered for that. You're literally cheering for uh, your own demise and, and the demise of this country. So, great job. Yeah. The Center for Medical Progress is back in the news. Mm-hmm. This federal uh, judge yesterday said he's going to consider holding the Center for Medical Progress in contempt um, after links to videos that the judge had barred from release appeared on the website of the uh, of their uh, the man's attorneys. This was posted on Hagman Report yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and the, the the videos are horrific in terms of what was said by some of these people at uh, the. The conference for the what is it National Abortion Federation or the the yeah, this was audio for me that was over a year old or right between 2014 and 2016 right that the Center for Medical Pro- Progress had obtained and they were ordered by the judge in California to basically cease and desist their releasing of videos as they were charged um, for basically recording people without their permission. But what was interesting but is there's no expectation of privacy there, though. No, and what continues to, to happen with these stories is it, that the Center for Medical Progress, uh, the media takes the Center for Medical Progress and makes their actions the headline and the content of the stories right. instead of what the Center for Medical Progress actually obtained when uh, recording these Planned Parenthood people uh, conspiring and, and colluding to continue to sell um uh, baby parts and, and uh, baby organ harvesting. But they don't ever focus on that. They only want to focus on the Center for Medical Progress and their continued actions of defying the judge. Certainly some, uh, and I've seen Christians rise up and say, well, my goodness, uh, um, how could, you know, 
how can the Center for Medical Progress, uh, in fact, I had a column written about me uh, by some so-called Christian that, that took the side of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, essentially of Planned Parenthood because how could a, any Christian go undercover? Really? That's your argument? And, and call themselves a Christian. And uh, that's your argument? Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. That's okay. Weak basis. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but nonetheless, uh, the, we should keep our eyes on this because I, I think this is a travesty of justice that, that's taking place right now, uh, with the Center for Medical Progress. And, and see what we, now, the, 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 uh, the people behind that organization, they're just paying and paying and paying and paying the legal fees, which add up very quickly. You've got to understand that's a tactic of the left, of the progressives, is to sue people into bankruptcy. And lawfare is so critical, the critical component of what's taking place, uh, just as is hitting the sponsors, uh, Sean Hannity's sponsors. Mm-hmm. I got an email from a, a person today who contacted one of the sponsors that pulled out of, uh, representing Sean Hannity or pulled out of uh, supporting Sean Hannity. And it was really interesting because the response was, we, we don't want to get involved in any con- controversial programming. Uh, okay, uh, so what do you call, you know, advertising on, for example, the logo channel or, or the Rachel channels? Maddow. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, it depends on the definition of controversial. I want to thank people who, who did hear last night's show. If you haven't heard it, it's, it's the featured show on our channel. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to our, to our uh, channel. And I just want to uh, throw this out there. This is going to be a working weekend for, uh, for pretty much all of us here. We're going to be uh, taking a look or doing what we can um, to continue to expose the evil, the evil stuff behind, well, the Pedagate stuff, the Seth Rich murder. We're going to be working with others to expose everything, and we want to thank you for your support. It means a lot to us. We're running on fumes. We're outpacing our supply lines. So, if you have contributed, thank you so very much. And if you feel that you want to, uh, we certainly can accept it right now. Uh, certainly would welcome your financial support right now because we are, we're doing everything we can. We're going in 15 different directions. Um, we, we are really, uh, making our, we're doing our best with respect to budgeting our, our time and our money. And we, we are supporting others as much as we are, uh, attempting to move advance these investigations forward. So I want to say thank you for those who have already contributed. If you can see your way through to contribute, we would welcome that. We thank you for that. Uh, you can do it via PayPal. There's a PayPal button on our website. If not, you can just uh, uh, certainly we accept by mail. And support our advertisers, too. And if you are a business and want to advertise, know that we'll, you know, we've, we'll stand behind you, of course. I want to thank you for that. And um, we're not going to back down. We're not going to back off of any investigations. And by the way, Liz Croak and I spoke to her today. She's not backing off of anything. She's taking a break from um, temporarily taking a break from the Seth Rich investigation. There's some, some other things going on. So don't think that Liz is not continuing what she's doing. She is. She's just kind of taking a break. I just want to make that clear. Um, and, and by the way, subscribe to our YouTube channel and the various social networking uh, channels as well. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, if you guys hear the dog in the background, we have two studio dogs in here today. Jackie brought Not her only lady, but Jackie's dog, Theo. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah. it's Friday and. Yeah, show, show, show Theo. 
We, it's such a cute dog. Uh-oh. It's a it's a rescue dog that that Jackie and Eric got. I think it's underneath me. And it's uh, underneath me. Yeah. We were going to mention this yesterday when Eve came on, but it actually gave Studio Dog Lady kennel cough and had to have some time off. And now Theo is back in the studio Kendall, Friday. Right. There's Theo. Yeah. What a cute dog. This is uh this is my daughter's dog. This is my daughter's dog Theo. You want to say something? Huh? What? <laughs> What a cute dog. But, yeah, uh, I don't know how many people saw this. Uh, this is a story that's gone wildly unreport- widely unreported. Growing concern over brothers arrested with guns, bomb-making materials. This happened in Minneapolis, um, Minnesota. There are growing concerns that the arrest of two brothers with ties to the Middle East, who authorities say had an arsenal with bomb-making materials, guns, and ammunition in the car. 27-year-old Abdullah Afri and 26-year-old... Uh, Majid Afri were arrested on May 11th in North Minneapolis. They were being held in Hepin County Jail, and the brother was released and is facing minor charges. Now, WCCO-TV confirmed that both Homeland Security and the FBI were involved in this investigation, which started outside a federally subsidized senior housing project. A good Samaritan confronted the men about littering from their car. The two men asked for his name, uh, who was not going to be released due to fear for his safety, said the brothers jumped out of the car, moved aggressively toward him using racial slurs, the N-word. Then he called police. Inside of the brother's car, police found a loaded AK-47, another rifle, handguns, grenades, large, amount, large amounts of ammunition, and what would later be identified as bomb-making materials, also including a drone. The uh, Abdullah Al-Fri has been released from jail, was recently released from jail after serving time for a weapons conviction. He now faces... Uh, one single weapons, a felony weapons charge, uh, and the brother was released from jail facing a low-level misdemeanor charge. The Good Samaritan is outraged that the charges are not more serious. For what they found in the car, this is way too light, he said. But a criminal defense attorney who's not affiliated with the case said prosecutors are doing what they can, and more charges might come down later. But how did how did a man with ties to the Middle East, ties to terrorism, with a car full of ammunition, bomb-making materials, and a drone get out of prison in an investigation where the Homeland Security and the FBI are involved. That is the question. The Homeland Security and the FBI um, were asked by WCCO-TV uh, for a comment, and they had no comments to give. Now, you know, this is a disturbing trend. This is something that you've covered, the, the Muslim training camps in this country, the continued Muslim yeah. infiltration. We know what happened with Brandon House, with a man he had uh, attend one of his conferences with firearms streaming live on Facebook, who later went to his car and had multiple guns in his car, which he showcased on a video. Um, you, you know, does Homeland Security uh, uh, and the FBI maybe have something to do with this? Uh, I can't see. I, I don't understand. People with a where car full of from. full of weapons being able to get out of prison on on a misdemeanor charge. Well, it's it, it was an Obama appointed job. Oh, that was a state. Was that a, that was for state court? I believe, right? State court. Um, I believe that would be state court, not federal. They, they, those aren't federal. Well, no, but the, the, in the article they say that the Homeland Security and the FBI have been involved in the investigation. All right. So it, yeah, they're, unless they're, they're charging with over. the state court uh, okay. in, in the state now. But, you know, we see this, uh, you know, so often. And was a terrorist attack prevented by this stop? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if you saw Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly today or yesterday or today. If you say knew that what it, I know. Yeah, if you were, if you know what I know, with the terror threats and plots, you would never leave your house. 
I think it's a bit over-exaggerated, but I think it also speaks to uh, the level of intel that they get with disturbing trends. If you remember, James Comey, uh, during his testimony, stated that there was, in all 50 states, there were over a 1,000 active investigations into potential terrorist terrorism, terrorists um, in this country that that were, you know, basically high priority. So um, I guess what do you guys make of, of John Kelly and what he said? As I said, I think it's a little exaggerated, but... At the same time, I think the threat and the threats are there. It's just, um, you know, have these people been radicalized? Are they going to act? And it's disturbing to, to wonder, you know, um, or to think about the the fact that as we move into Ramadan, as we see these, you know, continued calls of ISIS, uh, you know, to attack the West, that we have all these people in the media and in government and in the Hollywood entertainment industry like... Uh, Katy Perry, I don't know if you guys saw that, saying, oh, if we just loved each other and coexist and had open borders, everything would be fine. Uh, the Hollywood, the, and, and the Hollywood morons. The media wanting to, every time there's a terrorist attack, saying, well, it's because these, it's because they have, uh, they're, they're poor and they don't understand and <laughs> uh, they're, they, they can't assimilate because of the racism out there, making excuses for these people. And it's, uh, it's very disturbing. So, during this Memorial Day holiday, keep your eyes open. It's never a bad idea. We talked with Bob Griswold about situational awareness, and it's something that we need to make sure that we're on top of because, as we said at the beginning of the show, we're moving into times that are continuing to be dangerous, and we are in a battle. We are in a war. 100%. Does it feel different without without the without the ears in? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, I'm a little bit feel off. Freer. No, but, but I'm, I'm a little bit off. I can't hear the... Uh, I can't hear the prompts and everything. Anyway, uh, one of, uh, if you check my uh, Twitter feed, uh, I'm not sure if Hagman Report picked up on this yet, but on the, are we okay? Yeah, I, okay. Um, noises. No, noises. my phone beeped. All right. The um, leading young Democrat, and the Blasio administration employee, they've got a, he's got a secret taste for the young, shall we say, from six months old to 16, that computer, porn on, on his computer was found. Yes. Uh, Jacob Swartz, 29, was arrested for reportedly keeping more than 3,000 absolutely disgusting and repulsive images of, uh, and 89 videos on a laptop. Uh, now, Again, this is de Blasio administration employee. And we, we have a uh, message for the people out there like that. We are coming for you. Trust me when I tell you, we are coming for you. Do you feel the heat yet? The overlapping between the, um, of the spirit cooking, the satanic ritual abuse, as out there as you might think it would be, the child pornography, the uh, homicides, including but not limited to, in my personal belief, uh, people such as uh, Seth Rich, all have ties at some level to this kind of to, to child porn and to and to the uh, perverse. Now, real quick, you mentioned the spear cooking. Yeah. Um, and we talked about Katy Perry. Right. Uh, Jackie showed me this, I think, last week. There's a video that Katy Perry made 
showcasing cannibalism and spirit cooking. And I'm looking for the name right now. Eric, do you Bon Appetit is the name of the song. And and folks, if you want to uh, check out the video, mute the sound, watch the video. It's pretty disturbing. Well, there are clubs out there that actually serve um, breast milk. They serve human breast milk. They serve human tincture or concoctions with human blood. They serve placentas. As crazy as it sounds, and you're you're going to say, "Well, prove it." Well, okay, prove it wrong. Well, uh, it, it's it's you can go on the internet if you go on the dark web. Um, Not the, even the locations are the locations are there. I sent you a link uh, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, about a restaurant in L.A. that yes, claimed yes, to serve yes, human human meat. Yeah, and I'm not exactly certain. I had probably a half a dozen uh, links like that. A lot of this was from... Uh, well, folks, you look no, at I'm not getting into this because it's, it's Cannibalclub.org. Cannibalclub.org. And what, yeah. what is showcased on this website, it says, uh, specializing in the preparation of human meat. Cannibal Club brings a cutting edge of experimental cuisine to the refined palates of L.A.'s cultural elite. And there is a, a menu on, on the, the uh, website. But, yeah, I mean, is stuff like this real? Do they, is it, uh, are they actually serving human meat? I can't see how in the world they'd be legally allowed to do such a thing. But then again, that's L.A. and California. And, and, and we're seeing we're seeing an uptick in, in um, websites, these clubs in California, New York, where they have basically orgies and swinging parties, and you know, they're, they're making no efforts to hide any of this. And it's just, it, it's, and again, I'm not going to put up the links or whatever, but you can find them for a fee. You can join them, and for an additional fee, you can attend parties. If you're a single male, it's a lot more expensive than if you come with a female. And of course, you uh, you engage in sexual activity. And a lot of Hollywood, uh, a lot of the Hollywood elite get, get involved in this. Actors, actresses, and people. So, all right. Uh, coming yeah. up is going to be Randall Terry, and, and uh, Randall Terry is going to address the Manchester bombing and what the threat level is here in the United States. Don't forget, we are at war, or Muslims are at war with us. We have to prepare. And uh, Randall Terry is going to lay it all out following that. Uh, Steve Quayle and Pastor Langford. All right. Go. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. Uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. So what would Muhammad do here in this long vacation-style weekend, Memorial Day weekend? Don't forget, don't forget why. Don't forget the reason behind the weekend. And uh, but what would Muhammad do? Obviously, Muhammad would take a, a pack on a homicide belt, throw a few nails in there, go to Times Square, in Los Angeles, and blow people up. That's what uh, apparently. A trading post in the woods. You heard from Eve Gonzalez uh, this week. Folks, Trading Post in the Woods, they've got some great products. Uh, visit tradingpostinthewoods.com. That's tradingpostinthewoods.com. Greenovative as well. Uh, visit Greenovative for all of your charging, battery charging needs. Minuteman Stove, minutemanstove.com. That's minutemanstove.com. And of course, TC Joseph. TC Joseph, this generation series of novels. You know, all that I mentioned there. Healthmasters.com as well. Everything I mentioned. Father's Day is coming up. Pick something, support our sponsors. And speaking of picking something and supporting our sponsors, how about the DVD, What Would Muhammad Do? That series, of course. And with us is Randall Terry to tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on with respect to all of the terrorist attacks, including but not limited in Manchester, the terror level threat here, what we face. And with that, 
without further ado, we're going to turn it over to Randall Terry. Randall Terry, thank you so much for joining us tonight. As always, it's my pleasure. Good to be with you again. Good to have you. Where do you want to start, my, my man? Well, um, when <clears throat> we see these attacks and then we say, I don't understand, I don't get it. And I, I went through some of my notes. As you know, I've been studying Islam for 10 years and thousands and thousands of hours. And Muhammad said some really interesting things. The root word for terrorism is terror. And Muhammad made no bones about the fact that he used terror. He said, I have been given superiority over the other prophets in that I have been made victorious by terror. I have been I have been given superiority over the other prophets by terror. Now, Muhammad, you don't the founder of Islam, said that he was the last prophet. He said that Moses was a prophet and, and David was a prophet, Abraham was a prophet, Jesus, the Baptist prophets, and then between Christ and Muhammad, there were no other prophets. Hey Randall, the last part. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting. We're getting that uh, that static uh, feedback again, and it's um, uh, just in the last few sentences you couldn't hear what you were drowning out your your feed. <clears throat> ah, did this help? Did this help in any way? What I just did. Well, yeah, you sound fine right now. We can we can keep talking, and I'll let you know if it does if it does come back. Go ahead. Okay, great. Thank you. I apologize. Um, no problem. So. Muhammad said that he was the last prophet, that he was the most important prophet. And he said he had been given superiority over the other prophets because he was allowed to use terror. Now this is interesting because he knew enough, he couldn't read and write, but he had people read to him. He knew enough to know that the other prophets were not using terror for conversion. Jesus never said to his apostles, go kill people, cut their heads off, rape their wives, take them as slaves. But Muhammad gave those instructions to his followers repeatedly. And so it was kind of a coming clean moment for him. And he knew that his behavior did not square with other prophets, and certainly not Jesus, because Muhammad said that Jesus was the greatest prophet except for him, Muhammad. So Muhammad maybe had some kind of a, I won't call it a crisis of conscience, but maybe a crisis of logic. And so he said, hmm, the reason that I used terror and the other prophets didn't is because I'm superior to them. And then he went on to say, he said, spoils, you know, the, the stuff you steal in war, he said, spoils have been made lawful for me. So, for example, he knew that Jesus said, Foxes have dens, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have any place to lay his head. Well, he, Muhammad, he killed people. He stole their houses, stole their wives, stole their weapons, stole their ability to make a living. And that, again, he said, the spoils of war have been made lawful for me. So, when we see what's going on in, in Manchester, there's some of us that go, most of us, most of us who are just have a natural repugnance toward this would say, 
What are they doing? Why are they doing this? They're doing it, and I know this is going to sound crazy, they think that they're evangelists. They think that they are actually going to convert people to Islam by terror. Because that's what Muhammad did in Arabia 1400 years ago. Or, Muhammad said, he instructed his generals, go and fight them until they swear that there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. He said, if they won't say that, get them to pay the jizya tax and get them to come under your protection. So, in other words, get them to submit to Sharia law. And that's exactly what they want us to do. When they, when they kill people, when they commit acts of terror, they have these verses ringing in their ears. Like Quran chapter 8 says, Go make ready your steeds of war and strike terror into the hearts of your enemies. That's what Quran chapter 8 says. So they have these verses ringing in their heart. Strike terror. Use terror. Muhammad was made victorious with terror. And what they believe is that people will say, Wow, you guys are so brave. You're so heroic. We understand Muhammad is the prophet of God. There's no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. Or they'll say, we don't really believe that, but we'll obey Sharia law. We'll submit to Sharia law. We won't mock Muhammad. We won't speak ill of Muhammad. We won't publicly declare that Jesus is the Son of God. And thereby, Islam is victorious. As Muhammad said, I have been made victorious through terror. That's what's going on. And that's that's how they think. That's what they're thinking. That's what their writings say. That is what they're thinking. Yeah, and we, we see um the continued calls, you know, that it's Ramadan just starting now. Um we see out of the UK the Yahoo News is reporting that uh the Islamic State is calling for an all out war on the West during the holy month of Ramadan. Last year was one of the deadliest um uh, Muslim holiday seasons of Ramadan on record, and uh, Randall, what, the, what we're seeing, you know, with this attack on Manchester right before um, Ramadan, there was a, there's been 11 arrests connected to that attack. That's kind of been uh, a fact that's not been in the news. The death toll has been raised to 23. Do you expect this to be just as bad, if not worse, as last year? I don't know. It, in part, it depends upon two key elements. One is how good is the intel that we have to stop these attacks. And number two, how many assets does the Islamic State, or how many lunatics does the Islamic State have on the ground? Because you have to remember, they don't have, Muslim terrorists are not signing up for a club. They're not going to basic training in Algeria or in Libya or in Syria. They're reading material online. They're reading what Muhammad said. They're reading what Muhammad did. And then ISIS or Al-Qaeda, whatever, is saying, go mimic this. Go do this. So, you know, when you look at the San Bernardino bomber, there's a spirit of murder. There's These are murderers, all right? They're murderers. And you had a woman who just had a baby. Was she in postpartum depression in addition to being in a violent religion? 
In other words, what what can possibly possess the mind of a new of a mom of a newborn to go and to murder people knowing that she's going to die? And that's the plan. They want to die. So I don't know what assets the Islamic State has on the ground. Now they send out this message: go and kill in the name of Allah, kill during Ramadan. So right now in America, in Europe, there are tens of millions of Muslims who know that ISIS has said this. How many of them are willing to carry it out? And that's what we don't know. And and how many of our law enforcement officials know that they might carry it out? And and herein lies one of our most insane uh, suicide on the installment plan policies. And that is that in the federal government with law enforcement under Obama, and it hasn't changed yet under President Trump, Law enforcement officials are not allowed to do religious profiling. Now, what that means is, I just quoted to you from three of hundreds of verses in the Quran and in the Hadith where Muhammad said to use terror or to use jihad. All right? Fight them in the way of Allah. Hundreds of passages. So if a Muslim is reading only those passages, just let's say they're immersing themselves in 300, 350 verses from the Quran and various passages of the Hadith, the Hadith or Muhammad's biographies, and all they're doing is trying to pluck up their courage and 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 become stout-hearted enough to carry out one of these terrorist attacks. And all they're reading are these passages. Well, under President Obama, those passages are deemed to be religious because they come from the Quran and they come from the Hadith and they come from the Sirahs, the biographies. And a law enforcement official, if he sees that this terrorist or possible terrorist is reading only those passages, it's all they're reading, online, going to the bookstore, buying these books, they are to disregard those readings. They're to disregard the fact that that Muslim is reading those passages because, well, that's religious material. And if you were to, to profile him based upon reading the Quran and reading the Hadith, that's a violation of his constitutional rights, and we, we forbid you to do it by policy. This is insanity. It's crazy. It, it, it is. And if I can just mention this, it's interesting, I find this interesting today that a federal district court judge overturned the sentence of Lloyd, uh, Lee, uh, I'm sorry, Lee Boyd Malvo, uh, DC sniper, and, and it's unfortunate, and it's, well, it's more than that, it's, uh, it's, to, to me, it angers me the fact that, uh, the DC snipers, if you ask anybody on the street today, they, uh, they don't associate, they don't associate them with, with uh, Muslims. You know, uh, but he having said that, he was a Muslim terrorist. Exactly, and, and his uh, life sentence was overturned by a uh, federal district court judge. So to be sentenced again. To be sentenced again, right? Uh, but all, all that aside, um, this this is part of it. The, the the fact that we have allowed Muslims into this country, in my view, Muslims into this country, period, uh, without a loyalty, some sort of loyalty test, I don't know what that would be, is insane. Uh, Islam is a cult. pointed this out very well. But if you do, do us a favor as well at this point, uh, let people know. And, and I would really urge people to, to grab a hold of uh, uh, this gentleman's materials 
But let people know where they can get your materials and what they are. That would help them understand the threat that we are facing and, I mean, the depth of the threat we're facing so they can talk with authority to others. Yes. All right. I, I, I'm going to do something that I have never done. And I, once again, something new for your show because <laughs> you guys have been so great and your viewers are so awesome. And those of you who haven't had this in the past, forgive me, okay? We'll call this the Memorial Day. Let's do this in memory of the fallen dead. We produced a four-DVD set called What Would Mohammed Do? Islamic Terrorism Explained. And the set only uses Islamic material. And I don't mean like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. I mean the Quran, the Hadith, the biographies of Mohammed. And so we look at Muhammad's life, and then we see how Muslim terrorists are imitating it. They can go to RandallTerry.com, and they can watch one episode for free. If they like what they see, anyone from the Hagman Report who orders one set, we will, from now until the end of Memorial Day, till Monday night, we will give a second set for free with this condition. You have to give the second set away. You can't let it sit in your house. I don't want you to sell it. Give it away to your pastor or your priest. Give it away to your chief of police. Give it away to your fire chief. Give it to your county sheriff. Give it to your mayor. Wherever it is that you have access to people that have, that are in leadership, whether it's political leadership, law enforcement leadership, religious leadership, buy one set. From now, Friday night, while we're recording this, until Monday night, the end of Memorial Day. And we will send you two sets for the price of one. They're $35 for four DVDs. That has 20 episodes, okay? And we deal with rape. We deal with anti-Semitism. We deal with jihad, killing apostates. Terror as a means of evangelism. It's just soup to nuts, a look at Islamic Sharia law and how it's anchored in Muhammad's life and therefore why terrorists are doing what they do. So um, we will give, call up the number 304-289-3700. I'll give that number one more time. They can go to randallterry.com and order it online or one of my staff will be happy to take the phone call. Sometimes I pick up the phone. Sometimes our office manager picks up the phone. But it's 304-289-3700. And I understand that you gentlemen have a clip. Is it, Eric, do we still have that? We do. You want to go ahead and roll that? So people know. I'll, I'll tell one other thing. Um, I was just with a former Muslim imam. He was an imam in Egypt, born and raised Muslim, part of the Muslim Brotherhood, who converted to Christ. And an incredible testimony. His own dad tried to kill him. His dad is still a Muslim in the Muslim Brotherhood. So this man is in his 40s now. And he said to me, he said, this is the best thing on the life of Muhammad I've ever seen. Now this is a former Muslim imam. And he said, there's nothing like this anywhere. And uh, I got a call yesterday from a former Israeli general who watched it and called me up and said, Randall! This is unbelievable. What do we have to do to get this into 10% of the whole world? Not the whole world. That would be too hard, but just 10% of the whole world. <laughs> so we've worked hard, uh, spent a lot of time, a lot of money, voice actors, artists, and 
Uh, well, go ahead and, and roll the tape. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. No, tell the, that, that's good. <laughs> that's good to know, and, and it shows the value of the material. Okay, we're going to roll this and, and take advantage of that. That's special, folks. Go ahead. Did you, for me to say something? Muslim deceivers today falsely claim that jihad, holy war, is only an interior struggle against sin, or that violent war is the lesser jihad, and that the greater jihad is spiritual warfare against the lower self. This is total deception. The vast majority of references in the Quran and Hadith regarding jihad mean bloody war, killing, acts of terror, not an internal struggle against sin. Another false argument is that jihad is only defensive, to militarily defend lands currently controlled by Muslims. But these lands did not belong to Muslims. They were conquered and stolen in aggressive, unprovoked wars from marauding Muslim armies who followed Muhammad's orders. This is what Sharia law states about jihad, based on the Quran and Muhammad's example. Jihad is a communal obligation for every able-bodied male who has reached puberty. If it was just an internal struggle, they wouldn't have to be able-bodied. If none of those are concerned perform jihad, and it does not happen at all, then everyone who is aware that it is obligatory is guilty of sin, if there was a possibility of having performed it. Guilty of sin for not having fought in jihad. Muhammad made clear the main purpose of jihad was forced conversion to Islam. He said, I have been commanded to fight people until they testify that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. If they say it, they have saved their blood and positions from me. Converting non-Muslims was more important to Muhammad than killing them or robbing them. If they converted, they became his obedient subjects. He would have their lives and possessions at his disposal. But if they would not convert, he would kill them and seize their belongings. There you have it. Yeah. You know, and and uh, <laughs> what's changed? We see the same, obviously the same beliefs, the same uh, carrying out of those beliefs, the killing, especially in the Middle East with you know the overthrow of so many of the governments, where you have the the Islamic State and other uh, Islamic organizations forcing you know beheading people, forcing people to pay a tax, and uh, or or killing them and oppressing them if even when they uh, you know accept or convert. Or whatever it is, and now they're you know they're pushing here in America in the school systems and in other places to you know become more Sharia compliant, which is obviously uh, you know you can't have you can't implement Sharia law in this country. It's it's complete opposite to the Constitution. And um, where will this end? And, and who who knows that? So well, it 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 won't end for a while, unfortunately, but it can end sooner if we recognize the threat. And part of the problem is that as Americans, we are, and I say this tongue-in-cheek, but we are genetically predisposed 
to be tolerant of religion. It's our First Amendment. You're one religion, I'm another. He's no religion at all. Whatever. Hey, want to go shoot pool? In other words, it's a part of our political creed. It's a part of the very fabric of our society because of the way America was founded. So when when somebody like me comes on your show or you guys as hosts talk about Islam, inherent in what we're saying clearly is that Islam itself is the threat. Islam, not radical Islam, not radical Islamic extremists, but Islam, the ideology of Islam, the philosophy of Islam, the laws of Islam. Islam is the threat. Like communism is the threat. It's a socio-political blueprint for the subjugation of the earth. Okay, They don't view themselves as terrorists. They view themselves as evangelists. So we can't grasp that ISIS really represents Islam. That what the people did in San Bernardino or in 9-11 or in Orlando, that that is historic, orthodox Islam. So until we grasp what we're dealing with, there's no chance that we're going to win. And that's why we have to study their material. When I started producing, when we started writing What Would Muhammad Do?, I made a commitment that I would only refer to their material. Now, most of your viewers are not viewers, they're listeners, and... If you had been watching, you you saw that every time you heard a reference, there's that the reference is on the screen. Muhammad's voice, Sharia law, all of it. It's all on the screen. Now, with radio, you, you can't hear that because I'm not saying the reference. But if you get the DVDs, every single reference of every single passage in the Quran, in the Hadith, and in the biographies, it's all there. So this is like a college education. This is like a... <laughs> I don't even want to say it. it's like a master's degree in study of Islamic terrorism and Islam using only their material. That was my commitment when I did it, to be respectful and to only use their material to let Islam speak for itself. Randall, you, you mentioned um, that we, in order to, to combat this first, we have to recognize it. I want to ask your opinion on this, and I know um, we've talked about this before, but Every time we see one of these terrorist attacks, whether in the U.S. or you know, elsewhere, uh, and just today there was uh, 28 Christians, Coptic Christians in Egypt killed in a machine gun attack um, by Islamists. Um, but we see the media they, talking. I, I was in meetings all day. I did not know that. We we see the you know every time one of these attack hap- attacks happen, and this is becoming more prevalent. We see the media coming out and saying, "Well, uh, yeah, the t- attack's terrible, but." Um, what about the Islamophobia this is going to create? And we see the, the media's push, you know, for, you know, oh, we can solve this by love and, you know, more open borders, more um, bringing in this, this Islamic well, invasion. They're, they're flipping is it that they morons. Don't know? Is it they're that they morons. don't know or do they know exactly what they're doing, in your opinion? I, I, I um, Let me make this challenge to the media, all right? First of all, they're either morons or they are anti-Christ. And what I mean by that is this. If they're morons or idiots, it just means that they're not, they, they haven't said, okay, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to use a search engine. So somebody could go online right now and put the word terror into a search engine for the Quran. There are multiple Quranic search engines available. 
Just put in the word terror. And then watch all of the verses come up and then read them all. And then go to the Hadith collection, Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, and others, and put in the word terror. This is not hard. So if a journalist really wanted to know, they could know. So they're either morons or they're so anti-Christ. I, we're out of time. That they, they side with Islam more than they side with freedom. Can I give out that phone number one more time? Yeah, go ahead. 304-289-3700. We will give a free set. You order one set. From now till Memorial Day, we'll give you a second set for free. Go to randallterry.com to order online or call up 304-289-3700. And a live operator will either call you back if it goes to voicemail or we'll pick up your call. You are the man, Randall Terry. Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Wow. Always a pleasure to be with you. When we come back, Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle. Thank you, Randall Terry. You have a great Memorial Day holiday. And, and yes. And by the way, while we're in break here, as we're going to break, let me just say, uh, that does, uh, it's my understanding that does come with a jihad, jihad, uh, a guy dressed in a, in a, uh, all black with a, uh, bomb strapped to his chest. Not funny. <laughs> all right, Randall. That was take good. Sadly. <laughs> have, a, have a good evening. God bless you guys. God bless you too. In your life, it's really neat, really a, a super device. All right, you need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a thing you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable, it's lightweight, weighs about eight ounces, it's durable, it's EMP proof, and it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to GreenInnovative.com. That's GreenInnovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, and that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. A Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's a small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport because it's so efficient it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire so don't rely on gas or fuel stoves prepare your family prepare for yourself order a Minuteman rocket stove today it's going to make bad times much better folks minutemanstove.com minutemanstove.com need I say more you should have a Minuteman the survival stove in an MOK for investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, 
trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288. PreciousTimberProfits.com. PreciousTimberProfits.com. Edition of the Hagman Report on this Friday, the uh, Friday before the Memorial Day holiday. We have a great, a, a couple of great guests lined up for the rest of the show. Pastor David Langford of TheVoiceOfEvangelism.com and Steve Quayle from SteveQuayle.com are teaming up back here again, and we're going to get into some some heavy duty and interesting stuff. What a way to close out the week, too. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since they've they've come on together. And, uh, it's always fantastic shows and, and, uh, a depth of spiritual knowledge is, is, uh, always the point of the discussion. So what I'm going to do is turn it over to Steve Quayle and let you bring on Pastor Langford and, and jump right in. Well, th- <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Doug. And good evening, everyone. Probably one of the most interesting events taking place in this time period of the a time shortly before the presentation of God's judgment in the earth, but also His empowering people in the earth, in the earth, is the lack of, I would say, this respect, lack of honor, lack of uh, praise, and lack of acknowledgement of who Jesus is. You know, I had, I had wrestled with this, Doug and Joe and David, over the last week, because again, it's, it's astonishing to me in light of all the Satanism and all the open acknowledgement of uh, Hail Satan on television, all of the horrible stuff, and I won't detail the horrible stuff. Most people, you can't even escape it by, you know, Matt Drudge has got headlines of some of the most wicked, horrific, disgusting, perverted, twisted stuff in the world. But where's Jesus in all this? And the the words that are on my heart tonight, Doug and and David and Joe, are this: repent and believe, believe and receive, and ye shall be receive power to be my witnesses. And as as I was praying, and it's been you know one of those days. Uh, I had a prophetess who was uh, uh, railing on me in the email, and um, basically by the time she got through taking the name of the Lord in vain and telling me what to do with myself, and by the way, I sent it to David just so he could see because there's no embellishment. I said, Lord, what is going on? So it seems like people are are self-professing themselves into a ministry that, number one, they don't possess. Number two, they don't have an anointing. Number three, there's no fruit. And when you even say, how do you know that you're called to be this, that, or the other thing in the Lord? They can't give you an answer. So before I turn it over to David, I'm going to read uh, Mark 8, 36, 37, 38 because he gets the same thing. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? 
Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Paul goes on and talks in Romans, uh, the first verse, or excuse me, first chapter, sixteenth uh, verse. Uh, for he's not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. So the question I have, Doug and and Joe and Pastor Langford, is. As you guys go through your walk in the day, as you read your voluminous email, as you open your letters, David, as you, you know, relate to the world around you, it's got to be astonishing, David, to how many people claim that they're this, that, or the other thing, but have never been appointed. So tonight we're going to talk, I guess at least in the first hour, about what's the difference between God's calling and self-appointment. Because wherever there's self-appointment, then you've got the, the uh, if you will, the real issue that there's nothing to back it up except um, arguments, contentions, strife, bitterness, envy, and all the fruit of the flesh. So go ahead, Pastor Langford. The difference between self-anointed, self-appointed versus God's putting his hand on a man or woman's life and and making a difference in their generation through them to the others around them. Well, such a great joy to be with the listeners again tonight and, of course, to be with Steve and, and Joe and Doug. And, you know, being a minister, I feel qualified to speak on these issues because I'm not an engineer, I'm not a scientist, I'm a minister. Uh, that's how I live by the gospel. I preach the gospel. I've been doing it for almost 40 years. What people fail to understand, there are going to arise more and more of these self-appointed and self-anointed prophets, sages, seers, apostles, bishops, whatever title they want to use. But Jesus, in his uh, end-time References in Matthew 24, just a whole litany of things that would happen. He, he, he begins in Matthew 24, 5, that many would come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. What that means is they use the power of Christ's name for their personal gain and for their personal accolades and for their personal pedestal. They, they have no calling of God. He never called them. He never once chose them. But this is something they did of their own will and volition. Then he goes down to Matthew 24, 11. He said, and many, and there again is the word many, many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Now, it is amazing why so many today want to be prophets and prophetesses. And I'll tell you why. First of all, those two offices uh, especially the office of a prophet from a, from a man's perspective is a, is a place of great authority and of a, of a rich and profound anointing. It is a man that God divinely works through and shares things and most of the time uh, it's foretelling, not foretelling. See, we, we, that's how we get into to, to fortune telling. You know, uh, seances and all of these things people want to know about the future well this is where they cross that line God has told us already what the future is going to be like in the word of God now I had a lot of people bashing me uh, back in late 2016 when I said we're going to find out 
most of these people are lying to you. Obama will be removed from office. There were those who said Hillary, Obama would, would co-partner, uh, co-president, all these things. And one guy told me himself in an email, he said, God, the Holy Ghost has told me this is going to happen. Well, now that it's, you know, shown it's a lie, it was all false prophecy, none of it was true, they, they cannot be found now. Uh, they're not saying anything. Why? Because it was not of God. It was their own vain thoughts, their own vain imaginations. And they take this of their own will because they're self-appointed. God never showed them anything. That was, that was one of the great pleas of Jeremiah. They say, thus saith the Lord. God said, I've not said a word to these people. I've not said one word to these so-called prophets. They don't even know my voice. Well, all of these people that made these prognostications were fortune tellers. They, they, they were not telling the truth. They were telling a lie, just like Satan always does. That's all he does is tell lies. They were of their father, the devil. And this is going to grow exponentially. This is going to accelerate. And this is why the, the Christians, the true Christians, your, your, your place and point of reference will always be the Word of God. Your point of reference will always be the Word of God because the Holy Spirit will never give someone a revelation, a dream, a vision, or anything that is contrary to the Word of God. If it is, there's a conflict in the Trinity. Well, there's, there, there is no conflict in the Trinity. The conflict is in men and women who are self-proclaimed, self-appointed, and self-anointed. God is not in that. Now, Satan is going to have a, 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 an explosion, and we, we're witnessing an explosion of false prophets and false prophecies as never before. And Paul told the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, whose ministers? Satan's ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. They appear to be ministers of righteousness, but they're not. That's the deceptive. That's the duplicitous part. That's the deception. They feign righteousness, but they're full of corruption, whose end shall be according to their works. That's very important. Their end shall be according to their works. Why? Because that's how they're going to be judged at the great white throne judgment. Revelation 2015, uh, excuse me, Revelation 2013, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Paul's telling us these men, he said their end shall be according to their works. Well, in Revelation 20, what is the end of their works? They're cast into the lake of fire because their names are not found in the book of life. I had a very uh, gracious young man call me last week. I hope Alexander's listening. Alexander Sullivan is his name. And he's a welder by trade, gotten off of drugs, got his life turned around, and he, he wanted to become a preacher, and he had asked me to give him a return phone call. So I did. And so we talked for a few minutes, and after a few minutes I said, Alexander, can you tell me how God came to you and called you into the ministry? He said, no. 
I said, has there been a visitation, a dream, a vision, a revelation? What has God come and presented himself to, to, to prove to you your call? He said, I haven't had that. I said, well, then, young man, and what a, he had such a gracious spirit. He said, thank you. I said, young man, I would not be doing this for a million dollars a week unless I was called to be what I am. I'm not seeking notoriety. I'm not trying to build a kingdom. I'm not trying to build a name. That's why I made it a point early on in my ministry. You would never hear the phrase David Langford Ministries. It's never about the man. It's always about Jesus. It's always about Christ, the Son of the living God. It's not about men, their gifts and their talents. It's about Jesus Christ and what Christ did on the cross. And so his attitude was so gracious. He didn't bow up, get angry and bitter. But I wanted him to make sure because this is how people fall into error. You've got to know the facts. You've got to know the truth. And God, in his sovereignty, always somehow, some way, calls out his men, whether he sent Samuel to David or Saul or Paul on the road to Damascus or Jesus handpicked the apostles. He always comes some way to his men to let them know, I am choosing you. Noah was handpicked. He was hand-chosen. Uh, this is all throughout the Scriptures. Just just read them. It's replete, God's hand, God's touch. Okay, I want us to look at uh, Acts 13, because there's a protocol in how we are to set forth ministers, men that are true ministers and men of God. Acts 13, chapter 13, verse 1. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaen, which had been brought up from Herod the Tearch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, So the Spirit of God spoke through one of these prophets or teachers, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So here was the protocol. They were fasting, they were praying, they were seeking God. Now Paul has already had a visitation from God in Acts chapter 9. But this is to let people in the church understand, these men are my servants. I've called them. I have chosen them. This is to let everybody know, these men weren't self-appointed. They weren't self-anointed. I through the Holy Ghost, said, separate these men for the work. I've got a work for them to do. That's what God spoke to me when I was 12 years old in a dream or vision. I said, I want to go to heaven. He said, I can't take you to heaven. He said, I have a work for you to do. I can't take you now. You know. So you, when you have that visitation, that's something no one can take away from you. People can castigate you. They can criticize you. And they will find fault in you, believe you me. Uh, they find uh, all four of us guys tonight, they find our faults real quick. And they're quick to point them out. But that doesn't bother me because I know the touch of God is genuine. The touch of God is real. So after they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them. That is a type of ordination. They were ordained uh, by the Holy Ghost to go and do what they did. And, of course, they went about doing you know great things and establishing churches in their missionary trips. And then Paul... In 1 Timothy 1.7, he said, Wherefore I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, and I speak the truth of Christ 
and lie not. Paul reiterates, I am ordained. Who did the ordaining? The Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ came to him. He's the one that appointed him. The word ordained there in the Greek means to lay hands upon or to set forth. Well, of course, it was it was uh, uh, God that first called Paul. Even he tells us in Galatians 1, he was called from his mother's womb. So this was already predestined, preordained to happen. But then we have Timothy, the young young man of faith. Uh, Paul called him his son in the faith. In uh, 1 Timothy 4.10, Paul is talking to Timothy. He said, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Now, first of all, Paul addresses the gift. All right, Romans eleven twenty nine: the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. God does not make mistakes when he gifts a man and calls a man into the ministry. If the man does not abide by the calling or live by the calling, that's his problem. If, you know, I know myself, uh, if I don't preach the gospel, I'll be eternally lost and damned. Uh, that's just the way it is for me, my life. I don't have a recourse. I don't have any other venue to look at. I've got to preach the gospel. First uh, Corinthians nine sixteen, Paul said, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But Paul emphasized the gift that is in thee. All right, Ephesians four eleven, And he gave gifts unto men. Some are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So God is the one that calls, ordains, appoints, and anoints. It is God who gives the gift, whatever that gift might be. It is given to the person from God. And he, he was reminding Timothy, he said, which was given thee by prophecy. So again, there was a prophetic utterance somewhere, as it was with Paul and uh, Barnabas, Somebody through the Holy Ghost gave an, uh, gave an utterance, a prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Now, what, what is the presbytery? The presbytery fundamentally is a group of elders. They, these are men that are recognized by the church as men of God, who have the touch of God on their lives for an express purpose. And that's why they're called elders. They're mature. They are seasoned. Uh, they're not, you know flying by the seat of their pants, but they have a genuine relationship with Jesus. Uh, Paul is writing his letter to Titus, Titus chapter 1, verse 5. For this cause left I thee in Crete, he's talking to Titus now, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, or the things that are left undone, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. See, who commissioned Titus? Paul. Paul was an elder. Paul was an apostle. So he had the apostolic authority to do these things. Well, today, we're getting away from all of God's protocol. It's just do as you please. If you wake up one morning and you say, I'm a prophet. Well, you need if they, if they declare that they hold that office, say, tell me how God called you. Don't tell me you had a, you know, uh, 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 indigestion and, uh, or you got your arm hurt and, and something happened and, and because of something like that you went through the, that's a sign. No. Tell us about the visitation. How did God come to you? Uh, was there a word of prophecy that was genuine? Now I know that's, that's another problem because of so much, so much false prophecy, so much false prophets and so many false prophetesses. They're exploding exponentially just like that woman that did Steve like that. And then, and, then, and then to take God's name in vain, use GD in an email, and say she's a prophetess? 
Do you think God talks like that? I don't think he does. I don't think the Holy Ghost talks like that. But that's somebody that's an apostate. That's a reprobate. You know, they may have never even been saved. Maybe they, maybe I shouldn't say they're an apostate. Maybe they've never been saved. That's the problem. Because if they were really saved, there'd be a, a godly fear and a godly reverence. And that's why we've got all this nonsense in the church today. And, and as I've been saying lastly for the last few weeks, or lately for the last few weeks, preachers refuse to preach against sin, and they refuse to use the word hell and damnation and eternal punishment, eternal separation. There are just certain words you're not going to hear anymore. Drunkenness, fornication, pornography, whatever the case might be. You're not going to hear those words. Why? Well, because they'll say, well, that's condemning people. No, that's not condemning people. That's warning people. Warning people that what they're doing is wrong. And we must be warned. Ezekiel 3.17. He was a prophet, son of man. I have made thee therefore a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore hear the words at my mouth and give them warning from me. As a parent, we give oral warnings, oral discipline. When that doesn't work, here comes the corporal discipline, the corporal punishment. Well, see, today... We've, we've, we've quit a long time ago meeting out any kind of discipline. You know, uh, when I was coming up early in the church and someone was called in church committing adultery, they had to sit down for a while if they had any, any kind of position in the church. Uh, Sunday school teacher, uh, usher, uh, musician, singer, whatever. They were called in some type of sin. They were sat down. They couldn't serve for a while. Why? Because they brought reproach against the body of Christ. The Bible tells us to have a good report on the outside of the church. And, of course, we have all these shenanigans and all these charlatans that are out there, pretenders, and they, they bring shame on the body, and there needs to be accountability. And that's, a, that's another reason these people are self-appointed and self-anointed, because there's no accountability. They don't have to answer to anyone, to anybody, or anything. And, and, and so this is why we have this morass of confusion and all these false utterances which are not of God. Anything that you hear that is supposed to be of God, I promise you, will be in alignment with God's Word. It's, it, it will never deviate from what God has given us. And that's why the Word of God is your point of reference. You've, you've got to abide in the Word of God, and the Word of God must abide in you. That's how I know when something is not right. Because as soon as I hear it, my reference goes. My reference point is immediately the scriptures. The scriptures are what show us the way and make plain. And again, God has forewarned us that there will be an explosion, an explosion of false prophets, and that would include prophetesses in the end time. And why is there an explosion? Because they're self-willed, they're heady, they're high-minded, and they're self-appointed, self-anointed, and there's no accountability. So. You know, we really need to be conscious of who we're listening to, and, and you know, because they utter so much rip-rap. They, they, they just utter so much nonsensical stuff, and want God to endorse it. Well, I got news for you. God's not going to endorse what you want. We must endorse what God has willed. That's what's important. Steve, I'm going to give it back to you there, brother. Well, you know, I think it's important, too, that we... we the pulpits have been silent on the basis of even knowing how to teach what the fruit of the Spirit is, but also this. 
I want to quote Matthew 7, 15 through 20, where Pastor Langford was sharing a similar part of this, but I want to bring forth uh, a word. First of all, let me say this. You cannot bring about agreement in the spirit, in the power of the flesh, by desire. Well, can't we all just get along? Absolutely not. Because of your sinful nature, because of my sinful nature. Well, what happens if you want to have a group hug? It won't work. I can't judge your motives any more than you can judge mine, but you are allowed to see the fruit. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. A good title for this would be Wolves in Drag, okay? <laughs> Claiming to be a sheep. And by the way, if if... If I don't know, David, and I want to just stop here before I go on, I ask the Lord continually, God, if all of this heartbreaking, slaughter, uh, cannibalism, uh, the most wretched things that I'm able to even imagine, if none of that causes uh, an uproar in the body uh, that is called by your name, what is it going to take to get people's attention? Uh, when you have a drag queen, that's what they call them, uh, reading uh, to, what is it, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, uh, six-year-olds, little kids, uh, you know, a book on uh, why it's cool to grow up in drag, we have lost the country. You know, I, Michael Savage said an interesting thing. I'll get back to scripture. In Montana, we had Greg Gianforte running uh, for Congress against Rob Quist. Gianforte was basically primed, uh, you know, provoked is a better word, by one of the British newspaper writers. And, you know, the, the thing is, is that uh, uh, I, would, I would hope that Greg would have better security from now on, but it, the gist of it is, is that he took the guy and, and pretty much threw him to the ground. Well, today, Michael Savage says, I want to move, he said this, maybe it was yesterday, but he said, I want to move to Montana. It appears they have men there. Well, what's interesting, David, is this, that in Matthew seven fifteen through 20, it says, and in the 16th verse, you know this stuff by heart, but ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Every so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. I remember the late uh, Bob Mumford. He was asked, uh, "Well, don't judge." By the word that that by the way that word means sentence. God is the judge of the whole earth, but you can judge the fruit. And because everybody has basically got their dities and uh, their dities are uptidy, the thing is, is that we're no longer. Uh how do I say this? Taking our inheritance, claiming our inheritance, or uh, surrendering to the power of God that he can move through us. Now, that's not true of every man, and certainly not true of every woman. But the ones who are allowing God to use them and are, are let's say, being obedient to their calling are far and few between, and it is the world that praises apostate preachers, apostate teachers, and apostate, can't we all get along and hug each other? The spirit of whoredom is in the church. The spirit of whoredom is in the world. The woman who rides a beast. We are seeing right now the, uh, and I don't know another way, I'm going to try and be very delicate here. We are seeing the total desire in the West for the emasculation of men. I'll give you a good example. Look at Theresa May, uh, the woman who, and she's no Maggie Thatcher. 
Look at her attitude towards the slaughter in Manchester. You know, wimp. Look at Angela Merkel, wimp. Look at all of the female, uh, pretty much congresswomen and senators who are Democrats, wimp, 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 wimp. Look at the people's desire to get along. Do you think ISIS or uh, Islam is concerned with what people think of them? No. And here's the thing. Uh, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take by force. That's pressure. But again now, David, this is a, this is a question. As you watch these things, as you see these things, and you've been a preacher for close to 40 years, evangelist, preacher, uh, pastor, pastor to church, and the altars are empty. By the way, not only are the altars empty, there's no uh, you know altars anymore. They've turned into prayer rugs. Some of the great churches are now mosques. But where, where in your heart, David, or where in the impression that God's giving you, and I, I used to say, Lord, persecution. Unfortunately, the persecution has hardened people. I mean, I've literally heard Christians say that, you know, well, uh, aren't we all going to be martyrs as they basically drink their $200 bottle of wine? And it's not me. I don't drink wine. I'm not, I don't have a problem with anybody that does. I don't do it because I use the scripture. It is not fit, O Lemuel, for the king's, uh, what is it, the king's servant or the king's son to drink strong drink. But the point is, is that it's not about drinking wine, it's about uh, the haphazard, if you will, indifference to the slaughter of our brethren. And, and I'm telling you, David, I'm, I'm really at battle uh, with my tongue and with my attitude over that, okay? It's not like you haven't warned, you and I have been on talk radio for 20 years together. It's not like people haven't been told, but there is a blockage there, and, and the spirit of the age, okay? The seducing spirit, the evil spirit, and, and seduction is always based on not only a lie, but it's always based on feelings. So, and Doug, do we have to go to a break now? No, Steve, Steve and, no. and Pastor Langford, we are, uh, we don't have a break in the bottom of this hour and the bottom of the next hour, just, uh, a few minutes before uh, nine, so. Okay, okay, well, uh, so then David, I wanna, I wanna ask you that because again, it puzzles me, and no, I, I know this scripture, I know there's gonna be a great falling away, I understand that, but without the power of the Holy Spirit, the men who turned the world upside down, the women who turned the world upside down, you know, and basically, the handmaidens, the real handmaidens of the Lord, and I, I remind men, they were at the uh, empty tomb, the thing is, is that we're, we're in a, we're in an unusual time period. So as you reflect on that, tell me how you, Pastor Langford, after being an evangelist, after being a pastor, after, you know, everything you've done for the 40 years of your life, how do you come to grips with, obviously in the scripture, but what is it, David, and forgive me, David is my friend, he's a pastor, my pastor, he's somebody that speaks into my life along with two other pastors. Uh, so what, what is it, okay? What is it? Well, at the, end, at the end of the day, it's it's about sensuality. It's about carnality. And so, you know, they're going to seek out those who appeal to their mindset and their way of thinking. That's why today you have every false religion that can be imagined. That's why you now witness every false teaching that can be imagined. All truth, all true doctrine is being you know, lambasted, uh, 
subjugated, impinged in every sense of the word. Uh, Jude, here's how Jews said it in Jude uh, verses 18 and 19. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. This is because men are walking in the flesh and not the spirit. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. What Steve is asking, why do we see such carnality? Why do we see such debasement? Why do we see such evil and in, 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 in the churches are becoming more and more uh, in error and, and, and more sinful? Because that's what the people want. And so the pastors and the preachers are accommodating them. They're giving the people what they want. You know, there are those who, you know, uh, have uh, movies. And, you know, you got what? P, PG, PG 13, uh, R, X, triple X, whatever. They, they make, they make an appeal for everyone at every level. And so one level takes you to the next level. And, uh, I, I, I heard this from a preacher myself last night. I didn't see it, but I heard it. Uh, this pastor was pastoring, or is pastoring in, in the state of Kentucky. He was preaching the Sunday morning. He popped a Budweiser. And of course, everybody was, oh, what's going on? He said, well, the truth is, I'm not going to be outside of the church, but I'm not on the inside of the church. So while he preached, he drank his Budweiser. Well, that's an abomination, but you know what that told the congregation? That gave them a license to do that themselves. Now, if the man brings a woman up there, and maybe he doesn't actually commit adultery on the pulpit, but says, this is my mistress, he's telling the church, it's all right for you to do that too. Don't be a hypocrite about it. You know, be open with it. You know, don't hide it. Don't conceal it. Why is all of this going on? Because Jude said they are sensual, having not the Spirit. It is the Holy Ghost that reprimands me every time I say or do anything that I shouldn't be saying or doing. I don't have to have anybody to say anything to me. I don't need somebody standing there saying, hey, that's wrong. You know, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. I know immediately because I have the Spirit of God living in me, and He leads me to repentance. You know, this is, this is why uh, spiritual maturity is lacking in the church. Because there's no Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost grows and matures and nurtures all of us. Between the Word of God and the Holy Ghost, those are the two key elements. That's who God left the church in in their hands, the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. He couldn't have left the church in a greater disposition than His Word and the Spirit. But think about what I just said. The Spirit and the Word. What do you see lacking coming from most pulpits? is the Word of God and no manifestation of the Spirit of God. Those are the two very things that are lacking in the church. The preachers don't preach the Word of God, and there's no manifestation of the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit can be manifest in a thousand ways. Through, you know, a preacher preaching and a spirit of conviction and weeping comes over the church, and people come to the altar and they repent and they ask God for forgiveness, or there's hands lifted up in praise in honor to Christ because of a, a, a song that is being sung that edifies the body and glorifies Christ and the presence of God comes in and lifts the people up to another level in the, in the, in the heavenlies. You know, uh, Psalms 22.3 says, 
God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, the more people praise God in spirit and in truth, the greater the, the, the uplifting of the, the, the person because the Spirit of God is lifting us up, allowing us to sit in heavenly places. Well, if you don't have the Word being preached and you quench or you resist or you bind the Holy Spirit of God, then what do you have? You have a dead, lifeless, listless, bland church. That's all you got. That's why Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, 5, they would have a form of godliness but they would deny the power of God. In other words, they, they come in and they're religious. You know, they, 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 they have their program of their service printed on a, on a bulletin. You know, a, a bulletin's okay. But, you know, every time I went to church, I'm always open for whatever God wants to do. And it doesn't matter when, where, or what time in the service. If the Spirit of the Lord wants to move, I give Him preeminence. Always, and all things. That's what Paul said. He's to have preeminence in everything. But when you're carnally minded, when you don't fast and you don't pray and you don't abide in the Word of God, you don't want that. You've heard me make this statement. If you keep praying, you'll quit sinning. If you start praying, you'll quit your sinning. One or the two is going to stop. Either the prayer life will stop or the sin will stop. You can't do both of them and continue to abide in sin. Now, I know there's no such thing. Somebody shot me an email after the other day, uh, said, uh, do you believe in sin as perfection? No, not in our humanity. But don't take that for a license to sin either. You see, you got so many people want to have an excuse uh, to sin. You know, had a bad day at the job, so I'm going to go blow it out tonight and get drunk. You know, I'm going to get wasted. Uh, that's not the way you handle your problems. You talk to God. You know, you, you ask God to help you with your problems. And, and, it, and it, it, it can be difficult. But uh, in, in uh, Galatians 5 and 13, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. What does that mean? Don't use this great liberty that God has given us for an occasion to sin. Well, you know, that's what Paul told the church at Rome. They said, you know, God's, Paul said God's grace is going to abound, you know, where sin abounds. And they said, well, we're going to sin much more that grace might abound much more. He said, God forbid. Are you crazy? You know, they were, they were, they were wanting a license to sin more and more and more so that grace might abound more and more and more. Well, listen, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And so grace has been a dispensation of God from the beginning. But the point is, you can't use that as a means and a method to say, well, I can live anyway and I can do anything. That's the problem with the world today. Everybody somewhere along the line, if they don't keep walking with God, look for a means to justify why they do what they do. You know, uh, you can't do that. Instead of looking for a means to justify it, we should be looking for a means to help us get over the hurdle, to overcome it. So many times in the book of Revelation, we hear, and they that overcame, or Revelation twelve eleven, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and through the word of their testimony. He that overcometh will I grant to sit down with me in my Father's throne. Revelation three twenty one. It's all, it's about overcoming, overcoming, overcoming. Well, you you don't hardly see that or much less hear that preached anymore because they don't want to preach in that direction because that means you have a, a problem 
or a potential failure in your life if you preach overcoming. Overcome what? Overcome sin. Overcome temptation. Overcome lust. And uh, and, and, and the reason I know uh, that most people who claim to be prophets or prophetesses look at the message. What are they preaching? Are they preaching repentance or prosperity? That's what you understand. Or are they just talking about this or that? A true messenger of God is always going to preach repentance, as Steve alluded to it in, in Mark 8, 36, 37. What would it profit you if you gained the whole world and you lost your own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? So repentance is such... Repentance and redemption are two of the most beautiful words God has ever given mankind. We can, we can repent and no redemption. Redemption, having been bought back by the blood of Jesus Christ, reconciled to the Father through Jesus, sins taken away, sealed by the Spirit of God, and now possessing a godly and a good conscience. That, to me, is what it's all about at the end of the day, having a godly and a, a, a God consciousness, an awareness that God is always where I'm at. He knows what I'm doing. He knows who I am, where I'm going, and that's the key when you keep that God consciousness, that God awareness, it'll always come to the forefront of your mind. I can't go there. I can't do that. I'm a Christian, and the Holy Spirit won't allow you. If you'll yield to him, you can override him. David stood on the balcony, and I believe the Holy Ghost said a half a dozen times, man, get off this balcony, quit looking at that woman, and get back in your 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 your, your house. But he overrode that. You can override the Spirit of God. That's how strong the flesh can be. And regretfully, many people are overriding the spirit, and that because the flesh, it, it listen. Uh, uh, Moses, Moses, when 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 Paul is penning the epistle in Hebrews chapter eleven, he, he says that Moses chose rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Think about it. He chose rather to suffer affliction. That's a choice. Not to get drunk, not to commit adultery, not to party, but he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, God's called out people, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The Bible does not tell you there's not pleasure in sin. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin. The Bible does not. That's what Satan done to Eve. He lied to her and made her believe God was concealing something from her. He's hiding something from you. He doesn't want you to have a good time. No. The Bible tells us there is pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season. And then when all the rot, the ruin, and decay creeps in, it destroys your life, and you're on the uh, uh, trash the heap of the trash pile, that's where Satan cast you in the end and says, now your, your life is gone. That's where he wants you. But I'm so glad, if, in spite of many of us having been on the, the, the trash heap of, of, of ruination of life, Jesus came by and redeemed us because we repented and confessed our sins. So, Steve, it's because people want to gratify their flesh instead of walking in the Spirit. Bro, I hope I answered your question. You did. And what's interesting, David, you know, people quote Ephesians 6, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness, and heavenly places. And and the thing that's interesting, I've been really looking at the word wickedness, okay? And it comes from that Greek word that's uh, porneos, from which we get uh, 
pornography, pornographic. And what is fascinating to me, and I don't think I ever saw this before, and I, and I, I really believe God's giving new revelation. Obviously, God redeemed me out of that world. Okay, I was going into film. You know my story. I've said it on the radio before. And, uh, you know, the thing that I never saw before, David, is, is that you cannot fight that in the natural. It is a supernatural hold. Somebody said the, the, the greatest appetite in humans is to eat. I don't believe that. I believe that the greatest appetite in fallen man, okay, initially before Adam fell and Eve, Adam and Eve fell, you know, concurrently, was the fact that, you know, they, they, they had a hunger for God. And it's interesting because the appetite center of your brain, that which makes people overeat, obese, you know, uh, 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 it's like the excitotoxins in diapop. It's why people who are obese drink diapop and they never lose weight because it's an excitotoxin. Same part of it. But it just dawned on me in the last 24 hours that the spirit of pornography, which is taken so many bondage, I know of which I speak, delivered by the blood of the Lamb, battling it because you don't deal with some of the stuff in research. But you know what it centers around? It centers around the appetite of demons expressed through humans, and everybody's trying to deal with the spiritual warfare in a natural knowledge, and it will not work. Uh, and by the way, Dr. Hagstrom passed away uh, a month ago. I just found out probably nobody was given greater revelation, I mean this, in understanding how the human brain responds to the, the, to the, the porneos, if you will, the Greeks. So here's what I'm saying. When you're dealing with Ephesians 6 and the full armor of God, you're talking with, about supernatural entities. I had another self-righteous guy email me today, and I, I would like to say I handled it uh, wisely, and, but I didn't, you know. And the thing is, is that he, he pressed my button. And I shouldn't have any buttons to press, but what he basically uh, was stating is, you need to talk about Jesus. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for 25 years on talk radio, I can honestly say I don't believe anybody has uplifted the name of Jesus. I'm not bragging, but that's what I'm about. I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist, uh, maybe a teacher. I don't really know what I am. I'm a, just a guy that God has saved and redeemed. David, you've never heard me, have you? Have any of you ever heard me say I'm a prophet? I'm accused of being a false one. You're accused of being a false one, and I know you well. You've never said you're a prophet. Yet the people that claim to be prophets, they get a free pass, you know? And then you claim to be a watchman, and people say, well, I'm a watchman too. And I say, do you know the difference between watchman? Or I'm a watchwoman. A watchman that's appointed by God is a total different person than one that's appointed by the people that's basically on guard duty. And yet people don't want to deal with the supernatural. Here's, what, here's why this is relative. As you look, and I don't want anybody to look at anything, okay, as you are aware and made aware of the video games, of the uh, rock and roll stars, Katy Perry said she started out to be like Amy Grant and then decided that the devil was better. When you see a, a world of rock and roll and actors participating in some of the most disgusting, uh, and I won't, non-describably wicked means I don't want to take the effort, but that's the present darkness. And then we hear about the shadow government, and the shadow government is associated with pedophilia. 
forget the word pizza. That has nothing to do with it. That may be whatever secret language, but we're talking about suffer the little children as coming to me. And I cannot get it out of my mind, Pastor, that Doug and, and Joe, Rachel weeping for her children, for they are not, you know. You could even say this, liberty, because they speak of liberty, doesn't matter that it's a pagan goddess. I'm just saying Lady Liberty weeping for her heritage, her children. Children are the heritage of the Lord, for they are not. Christian parents abandoning their children. Well, I've got to work to some of the most heinous and disgusting perverts in the world that parade around as teachers. And we wonder why this generation that's growing up knows not God. And I have, I have, you know, I think you and I talk, Pastor Langford, and correct me, but, you know, God's not beyond skipping an entire generation and dealing with, if you would, with the 4- to 8-year-olds or the 4- to 12-year-olds versus the, uh, uh, you know, whatever they be called, snowflakes that are already given over to the Lord. Do you know what I'm trying to say there? Sure. Uh, Judges 2 tense and there arose another generation that knew not the Lord. Okay. You know, God, so, God, and, and it's not ahead. that God willingly oversteps uh, a generation. They don't want God. You know, I, I, yep. I, 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 you know, the reason people don't want God today hardly because the preachers are not preaching a manner that creates a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Uh, a minister's job is to challenge people spiritually, not your pocketbook. The only challenge people get today from the pulpit is their money. They get no challenge at all in any other facet of their life. It's just the challenge and faith about your money. You know, and, uh, that's you know it just grieves me to no end uh, about how people are so covetous and you can you can suck them in hook line and sinker when you start talking money. Why do you think all these night late night preachers want you to write for this bottle of snake oil or snake water or whatever it might be? Why are they, they want your address and they want to send you a, a, a seducing letter? They want to send you a seducing letter so that you'll take heed to that. And they can get money out of you. That, 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 that's what it all comes to at the end of the day. And that, again, as we're saying tonight, it's carnality. It's carnality. It's not spirituality. When God challenges us spiritually, it's, it's, it's in prayer. It's in fasting. It's in meditating. You know, David meditated on the words of God. Uh, Psalms 19, 14. Let the meditation of, of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight my Lord and my Redeemer I mean even, even David wanted his, his, his meditation you know, pondering the things of God you know let, let it be acceptable because he was see that's that God consciousness even his meditation the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight and uh, I don't what time we go to the break at the top I don't recall we got about uh, six minutes Steve, I'll let you take us to the break, brother. Well, again, the critical issue here is that, and God will, so it's not unless, but God will. But the circumstances of when the outpouring of the Holy Ghost will come, unfortunately, in, in my opinion, you know, I've heard a lot of people prophesying the greatest revival in history, but also the idea that the people that are being slaughtered for their faith, whether it's the Coptic Christians, whether it's all those guys that were beheaded on the uh, beaches in the Middle 
East, you know, uh, the Syrian Christians not only being beheaded or sliced and diced, but their, their bodies sold for meat in the cannibal meat market. All this stuff, little children uh, uh, bragging about carrying little babies, and I'm talking like little babies in the womb. I'm not talking about fetuses. I'm talking about little people. I'm talking about beautiful uh, 139th Psalm created people that God breathed his life into, as the scripture says, even in their mother's womb, and yet every form of heinous, disgusting, wicked practice, and people openly bragging about uh, watching their eyes bounce on the table, or ripping apart like a piece of chicken. You know, David, I gotta tell you something. You know, it, it is it is so perplexing, but even more than perplexing, it's vexing. Because doesn't the scripture say God gives over a generation, he says, you want filth? I'll give you filth. I'll give it to you so you literally choke on it and unfortunately you know i think that there's an appetite now again i get it now i, I you know look i i'm i don't know how old i am now but anyway the deal is is i'm old enough to know and yet now it just is dawning on me okay that everything in ephesians 6 is ultimately in the spirit realm and the control is in the physical realm through the rulers of this darkness and how many days do we see every day that shadow government, if you will, the the hidden government, the occult government, and it's all centered around, and I'll tell you what, no one can challenge this. It doesn't matter if you've got the skull and bones, it's all centered around sexual perversion, sexual reproduction, sexual uh, body waste, and I'm going to be as you know, tame as I know there, but the point being is, is that the evil is grinding our faces and our creative excellence into a false narrative that so many people are buying the lie that unless the power of God goes, there is no argument that can pull people out of this. There is no evidence that can be presented to people. There is no uh, feel-good emotional uh, going to a uh, whatever you call them on a weekend, a retreat or a conference or whatever, you know, unless the power of God is there, you know, we labor in vain. So, you know, Doug, this is something that I really believe that because we've got people, and Hagman and Hagman touches people all over the world, I am marveling at when someone goes in the outback and says, uh, you know, to me, good day, mate, I, I heard you, you know, on some uh, cassettes or, or some form of re uh, recording, he comes in, you know, every week to, to hear your show and goes back into the outback. God is reaching that guy in the outback. Or some guy who's in the Antarctic, or somebody who's in the Arctic, or somebody who's in China. We have a lot of believers in China, and yet, David, it's like it's like people stand uh, 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 away from the United States, and they they're aghast at what's going on. And you know, here's a here's a statement we cannot use any longer. Why don't people see? Number one, because they choose not to, but number two, because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. And it takes the power of God. You know, one of the most powerful scriptures preachers never preach on, obviously you do, you uh, you know, and other men of God who are listening. By the way, I respect the men of God in the pulpits who may have 20, 50 people more than I respect the guys that have 50,000 people and have already sold out. Amen. So 
you know, that, and Doug, I'll be quiet now because I don't, I don't want to run into your uh, time thing, your your break. Well, thanks, Steve, and, and thanks, Pastor Langford. We have uh, about a minute and a half before we go to break, and just to pick up on on something you said, Steve, about the the delusion and the uh, the the lies that so much of the the country is falling under from the propaganda in the news media that no facts or evidence presented will change these people's mind. And, folks, I mean, it it is pretty bad. You know, a lot of people will say that, you know, we're biased because of our our religious and and political leanings, and that's fine. I'll I'll, I'll admit that, that absolutely we're biased in the sense that uh, we're biased towards the Ten Commandments. We're biased towards uh, Jesus and what his and what is taught in the gospels and we're we're biased towards you know being moral and we'd be and, irresponsible if we weren't right and what's so sad is you know uh when we brought you guys on we were going through looking at an article on the huffington post and you read some of the comments these these people who believe this these delusions are so far uh so far mentally removed it seems like and, and what is being pushed around as compassion is just some it seems to me that this under the guise of compassion is just some excuse to continue to push their own leftist biased uh political ideology and if and if we're going to be biased i would much uh i have no problems being being biased towards the lord and towards morality uh especially in the times that we live in folks we're list, we're talking with pastor david langford from the voice of evangelism and steve quill from stevequill.com they will be back with us in the next hour so don't go anywhere we will be right back just what kind of thriller predicts the future in three days in the belly of the beast daniel holdings wrote about the god particle before cern actually discovered the god particle in as the darkness falls daniel wrote about an islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of syria and declared a caliphate three years before isis was ever heard of In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the Creator to His creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com 
or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Gentlemen, for this edition of the Hagman Report, our guests this evening are Pastor David Langford from the Voice of Evangelism and Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. Uh, we have completed one hour of the interview so far, and, and we've gotten into some fantastic and important um, topics and informa- of information in the title tonight. We will not be terrorized. We are on the heels of the beginning of, of Ramadan, and we talked about in the first hour with Randall Terry and in the first half hour of the calls for you know the ISIS ISIS calls for uh, you know attacks on the West. Obviously, this is nothing new. Also, Homeland Se- uh, Secretary John Kelly saying, "If you knew what I knew about the terrorist threats, you would never leave your house." And we are also on the the eve of the Memorial Day weekend, where we celebrate and and remember the soldiers who fought and died in battle and their families uh, to continue to uh, for this country to continue to be able to live under freedom. Steve, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Well, I think you know, Memorial Day, this this is a great time to reflect. Even even God ordained that the children of Israel, when they left the uh, Egyptian, if you will, strangle and stronghold, every man of God that ever was touched, they wanted something in their life to refer back to, whether it was at Bethel, whether it was at the crossing of the Red Sea, whether it was where, where someone had a, had a visitation, Jacob and Jacob's ladder, uh, whether it was King David, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the literal presence of God, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, they, they had a place that they could go back to. What Pastor Langford was trying to share is this. You can be self-appointed, but self-appointing isn't the anointing. You can be self-declarative, but declaring yourself to be this, that, or the other thing doesn't doesn't mean God's put his hand on it. And I think, again, probably the most profound thing, Doug, that I've ever said on your show, and I mean this, okay? And again, Joe and David, because we're all on this together, along with however many hundreds of thousands of people that will hear this, is that it's there's so many people that claim to know Jesus but my answer is why if you claim to know Jesus are you so almost hushed to speak his name 
You know, and, and, and the other thing that's astonishing to me is the righteous are as bold as lions. And, man, you know my statement on that, Pastor. The, the, we don't hear the church triumphant. I'm talking about God, the King of Glory's uh, uh, manifestation upon the earth of, of those who are called together in the name of Jesus, roaring. I mean, they can barely uh, muster a whimper. Now, there are exceptions, but the exceptions are far and few between. I, I can't tell you this, that this battle... Whether it's, you know, we've got in Christendom those who hate Donald Trump, those who uh, know that God's got his hand on him for a purpose. It's not that he's a moral thing. But you know what, David's interesting to me? I am I'm flabbergasted that he's saying enough persecution against Christians. He's standing down the enemies of Christendom. He's speaking out against the butchery, the debauchery, the blood, the gore, the guts, the senseless slaughter. And we got people that you and I both know that are just saying that you and I are deceived and we're leading God's flock. And and I, I asked Henry about this. And by the way, I want to make this clear. Henry Groover will be at our conference in Branson. Uh, it was by, I would say this, divine appointment. He wasn't going to be there. He's going to be out of country. But an overwhelming, I guess you'd say, uh, impression to have Henry and David there, David's on Sunday, uh, Pastor David Lankford's on Sunday morning in Branson, and Henry will be preceding me, and and I'm, I kind of get the last word before Sunday, but I see the wisdom of God in this, David, because again, when people see only with natural eyes, and they continue to bash, 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 and I understand, uh, you know, uh, but they don't, they don't see the bigger picture. I think, honestly, I think more people that claiming to be uh, this or that or the other thing in ministry would actually be happier if they had a nuclear glow. And I have been repeating something you said on Hagman's show uh, maybe a year ago, maybe longer than that, but you don't have to go looking for trouble. It's coming looking for us. And every day there's more and more conflict with China, more conflict with North Korea. More, and I even got a guy saying to me, well, you don't know the scripture because there's wars and rumors of wars. Yeah, well, you forgot. The rumors of wars follow the wars. And so I, I, I am, as we're on tonight, what is the date today? The, the What is it, 26? 26. The 26th of May, and we have uh, uh, so much going on in the natural world. It's all designed to show you, you are in need of a Savior, brothers and sisters. I can't save myself. I can't even take credit for being in control of my tongue. And the Bible says the tongue can no man tame. And I'm saying, Lord, help me, because here's the thing. When, when those of you that have never been in the battle finally find out what it's like to be in the battle, your cliches, your uh, pats on the back won't be anything to you because they don't affect the change. Now, put that in context, those of you who have interceded for Pastor Langford, for Doug and Joe, myself, God bless you. You hold back, and, and again, you know, I mean, I, and this is sad, but it's true. It's because of God's goodness, His calling, His mercy, and His intervention in all four of our lives that we're on. I mean, Doug is, is, is raising up his son Joe to, you know, I guess you'd say, step in at the time that it's necessary. 
Pastor Langford, you've got a whole bunch of people around the world that love you dearly. You know, it may not be the people that email you and I, but there are people all over the world. I've been told this, Doug, and you need to hear this. I'm told in South Africa, people get together and use these times when Pastor and I are on or other men of God are on talking about Jesus. This is the only input they get. This is the only anointed preaching they get. This is the only scriptures that are shared with them. And they can sense the power because God himself, he is the ultimate fountain of life. And when you're dry and you're thirsty and you say and you're crying out to the God of heaven, Lord, is there any reality? And then God touches uh, or anoints a shore or a program. Look, it's not the vessel. It's what goes in the vessel. And what we're, what we're saying, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who, who pray and intercede, you don't understand the reward that comes to you as intercessors as we're able to bring the good news of Jesus Christ, as we're able to encourage. And the word encourage is real tough to understand. It means literally place courage in. And so when God's people are encouraged, they can go forth. But you cannot expect the sheep of the Lord's pasture, the real ones, to get a good anointing from the salivating wolves that are in sheep's clothing. And, and listen, the, the, God is going to arise. He is arising. And, and, but I don't, I'm saying to the degree when God says enough, and I don't know where that point is. I've been trying to get him to tell me for years. Guess what? He hasn't. But when he says enough, then you're going to see the difference between all the power and work of the flesh, all the religious, all go by the wayside, is the hand of the living God goes forth to redeem his people, the power of the Holy Spirit goes forth to fill his people, and the purpose, the direction, and, and the anointing and the knowledge that you're a child of king will rise up inside you, and then that scripture will come into full the full force and full fury that you know if God be for you who can be against you and that's what we're trying to tell everyone tonight go ahead David you know since Ronald Reagan we have seen more positive talk about God and Christianity since Ronald Reagan so we're looking at 30 to 35 years you know even uh, Trump which is not going to make a difference, but he, you know, introduced or uh, signed an executive order about the Johnson Amendment that uh, they would not, you know, 501c3s would not lose their status if they began to talk about politicians and politics. But you'll still not hear people, preachers, preach against sin or promoting righteousness or speak out against abortion because they're already sold out. Yeah, I respect what Donald Trump did. I think that's great for those who maybe had fear and angst and would not preach the truth. But you see, you know, there are those out there, that's not going to change because that never was in their heart to preach that way. And so I believe God has ordained Donald Trump to be the president of these United States. He may lead us into a third world war, and I would not be one bit surprised at all if he's not been chosen for that purpose, just like Nebuchadnezzar. You know, if you go back and read the 21st chapter of the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah prophesies that God, because of Zedekiah's rebellion, he said, because of your rebellion, and you would not submit to this takeover from Nebuchadnezzar, from Babylon, 
He said, I'm going to deliver the king Zedekiah of Judah and his servants and the people that are left in the city from the pestilence, from the sword, and from famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of their enemies and into those that seek their lives. Zedekiah was physically captured by Nebuchadnezzar. The last thing he saw was his two sons killed right in front of his eyes, and then Nebuchadnezzar bored out his eyes, shackled him with chains, and he died in prison, just like God said he was going to do. Why? Because he had a stiff neck and a hard heart. This is God you see, God knows the end from the beginning, and he said this is how it's going to be. Now, because of Zedekiah's unwillingness to submit and surrender, but he was stiff-necked, hard-hearted, and callous, he would submit to Nebuchadnezzar. He, would, he never had to die. He never had to be blinded. But because he wouldn't do what he was told to do. And so God intentionally, he says, I'm going to willfully save some of you, in this city from the pestilence from the sword and from the famine so he saved them for the purpose of exiling them to Babylon God is in control of everything you know uh, we all get discouraged at times we all at times feel like quitting we feel like giving up the last three weeks seemed like I just had one problem one measure of adversity one negative attack from people that's supposed to be godly people just one attack after another, just day after day after every every day, something from someone, you know. And, and Steve said, encourage, you know, fill yourself up with encouragement. But the reality is, no matter who you are, what you are, we all have the innate ability to get discouraged and get down and want to quit. It happened to Jeremiah, you know. He said, Lord, you deceived me. You didn't tell me how hard this was going to be. I thought this was going to be a cakewalk. But, I mean, everybody hates me. Everybody loathes me. Everybody's prophesying the exact opposite of what I'm doing. And, you know, I know you came to me and you touched me, my lips. You called me, you ordained me from my mother's womb. Before I was even born, you knew me. And then Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 20, and verse 9, he said, Then I said, I will not make mention of his name nor speak any more about him, but his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay in other words I was weary with trying to hold my peace I was weary with trying to be you know long suffering I was tired of it why? because his word was burning in his heart and so you know what he went back to doing? he went back to preaching he went back to proclaiming. He went back to crying aloud. He went back to telling the people what's coming. Yes, the message is not popular. Look look at the radio preachers and the TV preachers and look at what they're saying. Ask yourself, are they giving any types of warnings? Are they saying anything that you could deem as being negative preaching? Or is it all about feel good and prosperity and, you know, having all this, these untold blessings? You see, serving God is very simple. 
you serve him, you love him, you honor him. He said, I'll bless you. You know, you, you don't have to do all this junk these guys teach on television. You know, uh, God wants to challenge your faith. And, 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 and that's why you have to give a $1,000 gift. That challenges you more than a $100 gift. That, that's, that's just for deception and duplicity. That's the, that's the real people in. And they're the ones making all the money. And the, and the people are being, they're being, uh, uh, shook down. You know, it's just nothing but a, sh- a hikester, a huckster. They're shaking the people down. But then how many do you see preaching warnings and preaching repentance and telling the people you need to be weary? This is a very dangerous hour. Paul, it wasn't by happenstance that Second Timothy 3 1 said, This know also that in the last days perilous or dangerous times shall come. L- look how tenuous and how dangerous the world is right now. The arms deal with Saudi Arabia. And Steve, you brought up a valid point. The more these ladies, and I'm not lambasting and I'll be called a male chauvinist pig, but the more these ladies that, that become prime ministers of these countries and nations, you're going to see more and more collapse, more and more weakness, more feminization. And the church is becoming feminized. And praise God, I'm just about to get my book published. It took me almost eight months now. I've, this thing, the, the devil's fought me every which way you can because I'm telling people the church is the body of Christ, which is masculine. The harlot church in Revelation 17, she's the mother of harlots. She's feminine. She's a whore. And you've got all these little Protestant daughters running around here compromising and trying to reconcile with the Catholic church. You can't do that. You've got to come out among them and be separate. You can't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And they're teaching, no, 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 we gotta, we got we, we got to come together. You cannot come together for the sake of unity. You don't have unity. You have uniformity. But you don't have unity. This only by the Spirit of God can you have unity. Oh, yeah, they, they, they want us all to lay aside our differences in doctrine or convictions, and, and, and let's just come together. That, that's, that's why Donald Trump is having such a hard time. He, he, he's a cog in the wheel. In every sense of the word. And you'll see, there's nothing to any of this fake news. There's nothing to any of this stuff. This, they're nothing but spiritual distractions. Christians are questioning their own faith. Well, you know, I heard Pastor Lankford say this, but, you know, I heard him say this about that. But this other guy over here, he's saying this. What you're going to hear is going to be the exact opposite of what I'm saying. I want to tell you, sin is damnable. Sin will separate you from God. And, and, and when Steve, you brought up about Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What is Paul talking about? He tells us against the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the air, the rulers of the daughters of this world. These are demon, demonic entities, powers and spirits and fallen angels that are disrupting the world, and the leaders of our world have given themselves to those spirits. Amen. So you're not fighting Merkel. You're not fighting Trump. You're, you're, not, you're not fighting a that flesh and blood, you're fighting the spirit. You're fighting the spirit that's controlling that person. And look how much they went along with Obama and Islam and wiretapping and all those chicanery. And now you got a man that comes in there who says, I'm here for the people. And look how they lambast him. The devil goes for nothing but the truth. If, if, if somebody's telling you the truth, he's going to try to slander it. As Steve said so well, some time ago. That's why God hates slander, because Satan, Lucifer, slandered his son, Jesus Christ, and led a rebellion against his son, and that one-third of the angels fell with him. 
And so what you have is a, 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 a slanderous crescendo against anything that, that has to do with Christianity. Uh, I read today about an eighth grader who couldn't uh, do his little speech at school because he had God in his little speech. So after the, after the uh, assembly, the neighbor across the street from the school said, you can have my front porch to stand here and make your speech straight across from the school. So, see, they're anti-God. They're anti-Christ. That's the spirit of anti-Christ. So the neighbor gave the eighth grader his, his porch, and the, the crowd came across from the school to hear what the kid had to say. So that gave me hope that there's God's getting ready to raise up some young people that says, hey, I'm tired of this too. I'm tired of this wickedness. I'm, I'm tired of this sin. They want something better. Kids aren't stupid. Now, you've got those that are going to follow your Katy Perry's and uh, that other blonde buffoon, whoever she is, I forget her name now. But they're going to follow those because those those are sensual. They're demon-possessed, and they're following that seducing spirit that brings them and lures them into that. But then there are those out there, even though they're young, their heart is toward God. The problem is they, they can't find a church that they need. That, that young man in New Jersey... Alexander, he said, I have visited 25 churches. I've yet to find one who even comes close to preaching like you preach. 25! 25 churches. You know why? They're all compromised. Listen, you cannot get in a closet and get along with God and bury your face in the Word of God and not come out on fire with, for, with God and for God. That's, it's just that simple. You know, Jeremiah said his Word was like fire burning. It was shut up in my bones. I couldn't quit. I couldn't forbear no more. I had to start preaching again. That's that's what happens. So that tells you about ministers and ministries. You know, um, I, I look at all of this stuff and the jokes and the clowning around, and you'll have 20,000, 30,000 people sitting in these auditoriums. Nothing is said about re re repentance. Nothing is said about sin. Nothing is said about heaven or hell. Nothing. You know? It's just, well, you know, God can do anything. I know that God can do anything. You think I'm stupid? Oh, God loves you. You think I don't know that God loved my God to love me with took an act of God? Tell me what it's going to take to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Tell me that. Tell me, dig me up. Turn up the stumps in my life, the hidden secret sins. Preach. And, and that's the thing about anointed preaching. God will take anointed preaching, and you can make one statement, and God will dissect that statement in 50 ways, and it speaks to 50 different people about the 50 different needs in each individual life. That's how powerful the Word of God is. And, you know, Steve, you and I know there are people with anticip anticipation like you've never seen before at this meeting in Branson. I'm looking for God to show up and the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost and something something unbelievable, something unfathomable to happen. Why? Because God says, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? There are people praying. There are people fasting. I, I got a, I got an email from a, a young couple out of Texas. They got their parents coming. Uh, the kid that called me from New Jersey, he's coming. I mean, people... See, people want something. And they're going to the carnival cotton candy trailer and they're not getting anything and they're tired of it people want something you know like a steak man you know i, I, I like peanut butter crackers 
But, you know, they're only good for so long. I, I want a good steak and a baked potato and a good salad and a big old chunk of bread, you know, because, <laughs> you know, peanut butter crackers are good when you don't have anything, but there's more, and I know there's more because I've had it. And I say that spiritually. I say that spiritually. There is more. I want more, you know. And, see, when you've had that drink of that fountain of life, nothing else ever satisfies you. That, that's why people today that are spiritual, they're, they're starving to death. They are spiritually emaciated. They're saying, somebody feed me. Feed me. Look at me spiritually. But they're not looking at them through spiritual eyes. They're not looking at the people through the eyes of God. They don't care. They don't care whether you live or die and go to hell. It doesn't matter to them. Just buy another book. Send another $1,000 seed offering. Buy, buy this, buy that. You know, I mean, just... Hucksters selling, 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 selling. Hey, it takes money to run the Hagman Show. It takes money to run the Voice of Evangelism. It takes money. What Steve does. It takes money for those DVDs and stuff. We know that, but but is that our emphasis? No, our emphasis is on one person, Jesus, the Lord's Christ, and that's why this program, the Hagman Hagman, is different. It's different in a lot of ways, but what makes it different than most of them? is they're not ashamed to talk about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is their Lord and their Savior and their Redeemer, and by recognizing that, they give honor to God by letting us come on and talk like this. That's, that, that's, that's how they're giving honor to God. There's many ways to honor God. But they honor God. They're saying, God, we know who put us here, and we're going to honor you and give you place, God. You know, God's not greedy, but, but at least recognize him and be mindful of him because we are what we are, as Paul said, by the grace of God. Every one of us, everyone listening tonight, if you're a millionaire or you're living, I got a man that is homeless. I can never thank him. He'll send a gift. I can't thank him because he's homeless. But God is mindful of you, and God loves you, and God cares about you, and He's you're never but a whisper away from God's touch. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, Paul said, shall be saved. Whoever, you don't have to be somebody great. You don't have to have a lot of money or no money. God doesn't look at that. God is concerned about a man's heart, a man's spirit. Because like I said, every time when someone dies, my first thought is, where did they go? You know, where did they go? Especially if I don't know them or I know they lived a... Uh, a, a rankus or whatever lifestyle that was raunchy and randy. I, 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 where did they go? Because as I said the other day, everlasting punishment. That means forever from the presence of God and the power of His glory. Paul said, "Everlasting punishment." That's 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 without end, perpetual, on and on and on. And so that's why it's important, folks, to get fed. And, and to support those who are giving this platform and helping us to spread the truth without compromise. That, to me, is where it is. Steve, I'm going to give it back to you, brother. Well, thank you, David. One of the things that is really impressing on my spirit, and this is something I think that we got to deal with tonight, Doug, 
Here's Donald Trump's statement. The bloodletting of Christians must end. Trump says civilization is at a precipice after thuggish terrorists killed 28 people by opening fire on Egyptian cops on their way, Coptic Christians on their way to pray. By the way, I've known some Coptic Christians, and let me tell you something. They had a commitment and an honoring of God second to none that I've ever met. I mean, I'm telling you point blank. When did that that uh, that genetically altered, demonically possessed entity make any statement about the Christians that were being slaughtered as literally hundreds of thousands of people came into this country uh, with every form of disease uh, uh, identified in Deuteronomy 28? Where was any of those spineless jellyfish in Congress or Senate with a few exceptions, crying out about the slaughter of Christians. Let me share this with you. In case you haven't figured it out yet, pretty much every ruler of the world is already uh, compromised. Every ruler of the world, if there are heads of countries, they already have been given over to the dark side. I once saw a picture of Angela Merkel, and she was at a, a funeral, and they had some kind of weird, this is in like, a, they look like judges' robes, but they had uh, hoods on them, and I could never find it. I believe it was uh, probably scrubbed from the web. If any of you have LexisNexis, uh, I would love to have that picture. You know what I saw on their face, Pastor David, Doug? And Joe, I saw the sheer terror of them knowing the decision they've made for eternity. When you hear that this uh, Hollywood star and that Hollywood star, and I'll tell you what, I believe they're genuinely Hollywood stars. They're fallen stars. A word in Hebrew and in Greek for star can be messenger, but they're fallen. And notice they all aggregate in pretty much Hollywood. Look, this is not by design. God knows how to deliver his people, but the scripture says he also knows how to, uh, 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 what is it, David, uh, prepare the day of the wicked, or um, uh, what's what's the scripture I'm going for? I'm sorry. Um you know, that he knows how to preserve the day of the wicked under judgment. Judgment, that's, that's not, it. Yep. And so so the thing is, is that you're seeing the congregation. When you have burning men, nothing more than that's just a druid worship, the spirit of the druids. And here's here's why the stuff that that is so perplexing to me. Do these hyenas and jackals, that say that, you know, Donald Trump is this. Look, I am not claiming anything for Donald Trump except that, number one, is salvation, but he was raised up by God for a purpose. The Bible says God sets the basis of men, and God can use men whether they know it or not. But you all better thank God, especially you hyenas, who are saying you've never spoken up, and I know this. I know that, quote, some of the, quote, prophetic ministries out there, they'd be hard-pressed to put three scriptures in their diatribe. Some of the critics that David has, I have, Doug, Doug and Joe have, they'd be hard-pressed to, you know, ever name the name of Jesus. Go count the words. The bloodletting of Christians must end, Trump says. Civilization is at a precipice after thuggish terrorists killed 28 people. If God had not held back, and I want to go on record, I believe with all my heart, Doug, and was it last year or two years ago, David, when we called for, was it seven weeks, and, and forgive me, six or seven weeks that we praised the Lord and we repented on this show, 
And somebody said, but that was just all for show. Like three uh, years. Uh, uh, three years. Two. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yep. And and did we? Do you know how many weeks that lasted? Uh, Pastor, like, you correct me if I'm wrong. Five out. or six weeks. Yeah, yeah, six um, weeks. Six. But I believe, and you know, I, again, the and, and someone says you shouldn't pay attention to your critics. The critics are what has neutered you all. The critics are those who cease to to uh, shut us up. The critics are those who who uh, uh, bear false witness and accusations. The critics are those who absolutely have nothing redemptive. And I want to ask, I want to put them on the spot right now. You guys know who I'm talking about. How many people have you ever led to Jesus Christ? Because the wise, the wise. The wise lead people to Jesus. The scripture says you'll be like the stars that shine in the heavens. How many mouths have you fed? Well, I know that you basically can't get the bitterness of gall under your tongue. And see, I, 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 I'll tell you what, I don't care. I'm taking the gloves off. It is time you stand up. You know, we had some Marine Corps. God bless you guys. You know, we had Jamie and Jeremiah and the other people I don't even know that basically went into, uh, uh, you know, Afghanistan and went into um, the area where the Kurds were going to be wiped out. And maybe it was Iraq, forgive me. And the thing is, is that these brothers loved Jesus. They were sitting there with bandages and doing everything they could. Our government... Watch your tongue, Steve. Messed them up, and everybody took all the medical supplies and everything, yet God supplied. And because a couple of brave men and a couple of, uh, and forgive me, women also, really brave women, actually, uh, it was surprising how few of men and how many women, but these guys went in and did a difference. And then when we had Whitestone in Bozeman, we prayed, and there was going to be 45,000 women and children wiped out, and God intervened. God intervened. So, you know, I, I just want to say this, Doug. I'm, I'm tired of the hyenas and jackals. Someone says, that's not kind. You're a nasty man. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what isn't kind. Sitting there and on your sniping, and you never speak about the blood of the innocents. You could care less about all these beautiful aborted little people that will never have a shot at life in this world. You could care less about the baby part sellers. You could care less about the drinks that you probably drink and you have no clue of what's in it, especially when it comes to artificial flavors and sweeteners. You could care less. So those of you who could care less, how do I say this tastefully? Let your lips Bite be me. sealed. Let your, let your tongues cleave to the roof of your mouth and let you be dumb until you get it enough to speak it out and stand up for Jesus, if you're a Christian. Otherwise, obviously, there's no admonition. You'll go, you'll uh, roll your tongue, your snares, your accusations, your traps, your indignity, uh, indignation, and everything else, but it isn't going to save you. And that's Steve. what I think, you know, it's, it's, they got to get it together. Yeah, you know, I, I'm so frustrated, and, and you're exactly right, because I got an email again pointing out, uh, this is two days ago, pointing out, uh, or I'm sorry, yesterday, pointing out that the Center for Medical Progress, that the, the very people, uh, uh, that, that uncovered the abor the abortion mill, the murderous mill, um, are, are being held for contempt because of, uh, the, they've released another videotape or another video about the, uh, the horrific nature of what's taking place. And the very, the very people who have 
who have assaulted you and I by going after um, our sponsors, for example, my sponsors, uh, who are who are going uh, writing these horrific uh, uh, blog posts about about you, about me, about us. I've got to tell you, they don't give a damn. And I'm sorry about the. I'm, well, I'm not sorry about what, how I'm saying this. They don't care about the aborted fetuses. You're right. They care about saying, well, you know what? You can't be a Christian, Steve. You can't be a Christian, uh, Doug or Joe, if you side with those people who are uncovering this because Christians don't, uh, for example, behave in that manner. Christians don't um, go undercover. Well, I beg your pardon. Uh, I've done it for 30 years. And you've got, so the, and, and again, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, and if, you know what, Steve, if I'm overstepping my bonds here, I apologize, but I'll tell you something. I'm so tired of no, you're the, not. You're the, by the way, the, God's using you to simmer me down. Go ahead, Doug. Well, the, the, the Christians who are the self-policing among us, who are the, 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 the prosecutors of us, and, and it's about time we say this, um, who have cost us in the, individually 40 grand a piece. That's out of our pocket to defend against baseless, meritless claims. Forty thousand dollars, and who have taken us to the cleaners, and who have attempted to bankrupt us, and who have contacted our spot and to tell them to stop us, and who have hurt us, and and continue to hurt us, and threaten our families, threaten our friends, threaten our business relationships. You've got no idea. And these are self-appointed, self-proclaimed Christians. And I'm tired of the people hiding hiding behind the banner of Christianity. And thinking that 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 this will absolve them, it won't. Well, you know, yeah, Paul yeah. said they are enemies of the cross, and whose God is their belly. These people are enemies of the true cross of Jesus Christ, because the true cross of Christ is about one thing: winning souls. And Steve says it all the time: How many souls have you won to Jesus? If you're not touching people's lives, and people's lives are not being touched. You're worthless. You're worthless. And Doug, that's why they attack. Because, see, here's the thing. I don't care if it's a white man, a black man, if it's a police officer, if it's a, a military soldier, I'm going to side with truth. Because who is the personification of truth? Jesus. I don't care if it's Donald Trump. He said the Christians are being persecuted. I'll stand with that because that's the truth. Say, you know, Donald Trump changed his view on abortion, said it publicly, said it in a, in a debate, and the little sorry, trashy Hillary said, I'm for women's health care. What she said publicly was, I'm for murdering children, okay? You get it, folks? You see, but the people have become so blind, professing Christians are so blind and so narrow-minded you know, and John Robertson told me they said he said he's seeing more and more Christians struggling to understand the truth or, or say what is the truth. You're hearing it, and see, truth either is going to edify you or going to make you mad. It's going to do one. It's either going to build you up in the Holy Ghost and set you at more liberty and more freedom, or it's going to make you angry because it is hitting something in your own life that you're doing or not doing or whatever the case might be and it's bothering you so all you need to know to do is attack the messenger well I tell you who you're attacking you're not attacking the messenger you're attacking God you know you're attacking the one who gives the message see that's who you are attacking and that's what we see 
And that's going to continue to grow exponentially. And that's why it's called persecution. You don't see those who are, for the most part, now, we have those, and I'm critical of the hucksters and the people shaking people down for those things. But for the most part, they don't suffer the same kind of persecution because theirs is a difference in preaching righteousness and trying to beat somebody out of money. There's a world of difference there. But no, Doug, you're right. You're right. They, they, they say that they know God, but in works. See, that's, that's, that's works. And I, that word comes up all the time throughout the Scriptures. And, of course, in Revelation 20, he's going to judge them out of the books according to their works. And, of course, their names are not going to be found in the book of life, and then they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. Uh, Titus 1 and 16, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. When it comes to good works, they're reprobate. When it comes to disobedient and abominable works, they are magnified in these people's lives because they're liars. And by the way, Revelation 21, 8, all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. There's a place in hell for liars. I don't do this, not of the, if you're a liar, if you're a liar, you're, you have a place at the lake of fire awaiting you. Got your name on the seat, got your number, your zip code and everything, cause you lie. You lie. And, and, and that's, that's what's killing us. I mean, they call it fake news. It ain't fake news. It's lies. When something is not real, it's, it's not genuine. It's a lie. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's fabricated. It's, it's not, it's not what it's supposed to be. That's what, as I said earlier, Satan deceived Eve and making her believe, nope, God is lying to you. He's concealing something. And, you know, remember the program we did a long time ago? Doug and I mentioned, I said, if we all had to do one thing, everybody had to do one thing, what kind of a world would we live in? I said, if everybody had to tell the truth. Amen. If every, see, but, but that, that, that's how you know a person, as Steve talked about, the fruit of the Spirit. See, the Holy Ghost won't let you lie. And furthermore, the Holy Ghost will keep you from getting into a place that you think you might have to tell a lie. If you live right, you'll never be in a position of comp- being compromised where you might have to consider telling a lie. See, that's what's key. If I live like I'm supposed to live, I'll not be compromised and be put in a place where I might have to tell a lie. And if you're living a goodly life, of course, you'll, you'll still be persecuted. Don't get me wrong. But if you're living the kind of life you ought to live, you'll not be put in a position, a posture, a place where you have to even consider, well, should I lie about this? Should I lie about that? No. Now, you start living shady, not right, whatever, that's when you're tempted then by the devil to say, you know what, maybe a lie would, 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 would work pretty good right here. But it's, it's time to stand up. Psalms 94, 16, who will rise up for me against the evildoers, or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Again, there's the word workers. They work iniquity because they do this because they work for Satan. Satan's ministers, emissaries, minions, whatever they are, they they work for him. And Second uh, Corinthians two eleven, Paul said, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Some people are so ignorant of the devil, they have become a device. 
for the devil. And that's why they still tell you, but I'm a Christian. You're not a Christian. You're a liar. You're deceived. And you're a device of the devil. Hymenaeus, Philetus, Alexander the coppersmith, Diotrephes, all of these men were in the church in the apostolic day, the apostolic dispensation, but they're all liars. Sowing discord. And, and they identified them. We, maybe we ought to identify a few tonight. Well, here's the thing. You know, I said, and I, I guess I never realized it. It was one of those things maybe I shouldn't have said because I'd lived to see it. I said, truth in America is one man lies or a woman lies, another swears to it. Two of the people that have been antagonizing, and I'm not going to name their names, uh, you know, our day's coming when uh, we'll name their names, but they basically, you know, lied. But here's the deal. Both of them out of their own mouth confessed that they were demonized. Both of them. Both of them uh, confessed that they were demonized. And, and that's just the guys. And, and one time, you know, I asked for a, a ex-Special Forces guy to come on because we were going to do a film trip, you know, and I was looking for a certain thing. And one guy who had a guilty conscience went out on the Internet and said I, he had to hang out in Mexico because I was trying to hire someone to go take him out. Couldn't be further from the truth. But there his guilty conscience took over. So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. If it weren't for the Lord Jesus Christ, I, I have marveled at Doug's uh, uh, disposition. Sometimes I have to call him, and he has to simmer me down. Other times we just talk. Now, by simmering down, I want to go. I want to go. What is it called? Full throttle. I mean, I'm redlining it. I want to name names, tell you all what's going on, and just the lies. First of all, I never cold call anyone. If someone wants to call me, and I've been in the precious metals business, I went from being this person's favorite person to being everything. And and she basically has buyer's remorse because you know everything that she believed. Uh, evidently wasn't fulfilled. One of the people that bore a false witness against me, he's in jail now, awaiting uh, possibly federal charges. And he made a statement that, you know, he's put, you know, big uh, lawsuits together. What he did is tag another lawsuit and was thrown out by the judge. So he lied, but in his lying, the people that listen to these. So here's the thing, you know, look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. And and someone says, you bragging, you, you self-righteous person. That's what I get all the time. I said, listen, even Paul said, look, here's who I am. Now, here's who I was, and look what's happening. I can't tell you, even now, I'm getting emails from different parts of the world. These people are hearing something. Am I flawed? Absolutely. Am I, uh, do I have issues more than National Geographic? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? Yes, by his salvation. Are we warning people what's coming? Absolutely, yes. Do other, uh, uh, probably uh, 100,000 uh, rip-offs out there of ripping off original stuff, and, and I came to the point of saying, you know, let it go. Uh, the people that break the law and then call me a non-Christian when I'm trying to, you know, get enough videos sold to do the next one because from, and, and look, here's the thing, I won't apologize. I'm 66. I've busted my butt. But the accusations that I have to deal with, and, and because we are told we cannot say anything at this point, our day's coming, and so is yours. All of you know, we know, you know, we're talking to. And the deal is, is that what you put in writing, you know, is going to come against you, too, because it's a two-edged sword. And, you know, Doug, I just want to say thank you. 
for putting up with what you put up. And if I said it the way I'd say it, I'd say this. You know, there's no longer stacked higher in transit. That's the SH word. Now it's shad, stacked higher and deeper. So, you know, the thing is, is that is evil is going to abound. Lawlessness, the mystery of iniquity. You know what, Pastor Langford? There is no more mystery of iniquity. It is plain to see now. It's playing out. God has stripped the veil of all the hidden evil. And now it's manifesting. And so people can say, well, I didn't know it was evil, Lord, on Judgment Day. They won't be able to cry about it. No, they can correct you because they read or watched a YouTube video. No, but they didn't pay the price on their knees. They didn't pray, pay the price that you have in, in fasting and seeking God. They didn't pay the price that Doug has uh, paid for all those years. And I'm not even going to say anything. All I can say is this, is that we are who we are because God has redeemed us. None of us have gotten there yet. And the, the thing, Doug, I want to leave tonight is this. There is no way any human strength is going to be able to stand up against a supernatural onslaught of evil. Boy, Some amen. 25 years ago, I said, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Now it's here. You know, I just had an email. The guy means well. He said, genetic Armageddon is here. I said, genetic Armageddon was here 20-some years ago. And, and, Jerry, I'm not picking on you. The thing is, is when people finally get it, praise God they get it. But if you don't know what you're talking about, and those of us who paid the price, and I, here's the other one, you guys shouldn't spend so much time dealing with your critics. No, we need to spend time because you're going to have your critics too. And we only stand by the grace of God and the intercession of others. How are you going to stand? How are you going to stand? Who's going to be in your court when you've damned everybody condemned, when you've slandered everybody can slander, when you have borne false witness against everyone who you can bear false witness against, when you hate and have so much envy and jealousy that you're consumed with it, that it keeps you in another country because you're afraid to step in the United States where there's jurisdiction. You know, the point being is this, is that God is going to arise and God's going to scatter the enemies. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he is going to do it. And ladies and gentlemen, what we're trying to do tonight is provoke you to understand the battle is a supernatural battle. It is beyond your ability to cope, my ability to cope. I do the best I can to try and write it, and I say, Lord, help me to communicate. I mean, sometimes I feel like uh, like I cannot communicate, yet someone will send me an email like the other day and said, that show with you on with Pastor Langford turned my entire life around, and I've given it to Jesus. Look, you know, I'm sent to the, I'm sent into the highways and byways. Uh, I can't, I, you know, I can't relate to modern Christendom. I used to go to church three times a week, multiple times a day, prayer meetings, conferences all over the country, and yet now, you know, I, every call, David, I get every email. At least every one of of, of, of believers is. Do you know any good churches in my area? No, I don't. I don't know any good churches. There are there. So for, for the advice, go on the Internet, and unfortunately it's still a useful tool, or fortunately it's still a useful tool, and just look for full gospel churches or 
churches that believe in deliverance because the whole world lies in the evil one. And, and here's my question I'll leave you with, and then, David, I'll let you, uh, uh, you know, finish out and, and uh, you, you know, take it. But here's the thing. What part of the statement does not apply to our day and age? The whole world lies in the evil one. It's systems. It's economics. It's relationships. It's medicine. It's science. It's technology. Did Jesus say, well, you know, 90% of this thing is really bad. No, the whole world. It is a fallen world. It is a fallen universe. There are wicked entities. They want your destruction. By the grace of God, if he didn't keep us, none of us would be kept. So again, you ponder that tonight, and as I've said for 25 years, take it to the Lord in prayer. And take. And I have one girl, I love it, she said, I don't need to, I already know you're a fake. Okay, well, fine. But where will that leave you, uh, dear fake sister, on Judgment Day? Go ahead, David. You know, uh, Doug, do you want to say something? I just want to say, Pastor, uh, you know, I, I apologize if I sounded uh, uh, angry. I am, I am with you, angry. brother. You, you know, what, what really hurts me is is, uh, is is this, and I'm just going to shut up. It hurts me because bodies are piling up. And when I say that, I'm talking about Christians who are, who are being deceived at every turn by, by people who deliberately lie. Um, and, and that, to me, is antithetical to to what we're attempting to do and i just have to 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 really praise you and and steve uh for for being out there in the trenches pastor i couldn't do what you do every day and steve i know that you're you know (laughs) well you you and i talk and uh i I gotta tell you steve you're you're one of a few people i know that that gets uh gets as much gets attacked so much so uh, i just want to apologize and say you know what uh we're doubling down. At least I'm doubling down to fight against the iniquities that I see out there, and that's that's our part of our new mandate. And that's all I want to say. Go ahead. Well, Doug, there's nothing to apologize. Uh, Paul Amen. in Second Timothy four fourteen, he said, "Alexander, the coppersmith, did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works." There against that word works. Works do not save you. Works tell us whether you're saved or not. And they're either going to be good works of righteousness or they're going to be works of evil. So you're doing, when I say you, that's rhetorical. You're either doing works of righteousness or works of evil. And this is what Paul said to Timothy, Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Now, a guy, you know, I got an email the other day and, and I would say what it was about. It was about prayer. He lambasted me. He said, you're... You're blaming the condition of America because of our lack of prayer. And I will retain that conviction. But then, when I said I've been in the ministry 40-some years and been God-called for 50 years, he said, now you're pulling rank. I sure am. Because I'm a god <laughs> authority the people rejoice when the wicked beareth rule the people mourn 
So I'm just we're seeing just a little bit of righteousness trying to prevail through this presidential election because a lot of people were fasting and praying. Yes, I do believe what we did three years ago affected the outcome of that because I don't believe my prayers and my work and labor of love is in vain. God is not going to be a debtor to no man who prays and fasts and calls upon him. He will move. And Paul told Timothy, you beware of Alexander the coppersmith because he has withstood our words. You preach the same words, he's going to withstand your words, the word of God. And, of course, Paul went on to say at my first answer, he said, No man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Here's what I love. Verse 17, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And that's what it's all about. Preaching the gospel that all might hear. And so, you know, I'm not a, a, an idiot to think I can armchair quarterback anybody that's an attorney, Joe, Doug, what you guys do and have done. Uh, so, but, but, but everybody that thinks they're a Christian or knows something about the Bible can challenge me in anything I say about the Scriptures. In other words, I'm, 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 you know, and, and I'm up for correction. I know what the Bible says. Submit yourselves one to another the fear of God, Ephesians chapter 5. I understand all this stuff. But, but when you don't understand the Scriptures, then it shows your ignorance is coming out with what you say and with what you do. See, Daniel, had he quit praying, he would have never been after because the angel said, from day one your prayer was heard, but the demon of Persia, or the prince of Persia, withstood your, your words. He fought us. But see, Daniel didn't quit. And because he didn't quit, the angel came and gave him the revelation, gave him the vision, gave him the understanding of the vision. Had he quit, the, the, the battle would have been lost because now that he had quit, the angel would quit fighting and go back to God, and the devil would have won that battle. See, a lot of battles are won and lost because we give up. You know? That's why Paul said, notwithstanding. All this, he just told Timothy, Alexander the coppersmith withstood me. He, he, you know, God rewarded him according to his works. Uh, he said, and you beware of him. And then, he, then he, he finishes that paragraph, per se, there. Notwithstanding. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. In spite of all of this bad stuff, brethren, the Lord still stands with us and helps us. And no, Doug, you're not out of line. You have a right. My grandpa always told me, he said, if a man didn't have a temper, he's no good. A temper can be turned into something evil, or it can be turned into something good to be a motivation, to be an impetus, to correct error, to correct wrongs. Or it can be destructive and do damage. I, I You know... Uh, uh, Ephesians four twenty six twenty seven. Be angry, sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Be angry, sin not. Sometimes we need to get angry. I get so tired of this. Just turn the other cheek stuff. You know, you got to understand who that's really talking to and about. But Jesus, the Bible says, he looked on them with anger because he could discern their hearts and knew their hypocrisy and their lying and conniving and cheating. He, can you imagine walking into every room you walked into and you recognize or you could read everybody's heart? Yeah, I see that woman over there. She's lusting after that man. I see that man looking at her. That's the way Nehemiah talked. He said they're like a bunch of horses kneeing, you know, after every man's wife. Uh, he could see everything and yet keep his composure and be on, on, on point that was off the charts and know and ask them a question concerning their thoughts. He was discerning their hearts because he knew how evil, how vile, 
and how corrupt they are. And it is time to stand up. It is time to put on the whole armor of God and do battle. And you don't have to lay by the wayside and be a pacifist, you know. Uh, a lot of good Christian men died in a lot of different ways because they stood for what was right. And John the Baptist, because he preached against adultery, he was beheaded. Don't think telling the truth won't get you in jail or in prison because he told Philip or Herod, it's not lawful if you have your brother-in-law's wife, Philip. It's not lawful. Well, that's what he got beheaded for because he told Herod the truth. Got his head cut truth, off. Truth has its consequences, indeed. Pastor Langford, thank you so much. Uh, Steve Quell, thank you. And I just want to end it on a, on a very positive note. Uh, Jenny from uh, New Zealand just has written in saying, uh, be sure to pass along my thanks. Um, sitting with my husband here in New Zealand, uh, th- thank you so much. It's a long email, but thank you so much, Pastor Langford and Steve Quell uh, from Jenny and family in New Zealand. Praise God. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you later on. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Pastor Langford. That'll do it for us tonight. Until next week, stay safe, God bless, and have a great Memorial Day weekend.